1: And welcome to Midday Super Talk, Mississippi. I'm your host, Gerard Gibbert, along with Rhino in the Element Wealth Studios, guiding you through the middle of your day with facts, fodder, and fine music. Morning, Rhino. Howdy, howdy. Good to have you back. You doing all right? Oh, yeah. Had a nice long weekend. You were, I think, in search of getting something done on your vehicle, right?
2: Yeah, and I uh, got about four different opinions oh on what gosh. it could be. Apparently, I'm just really in tune with my vehicle, and I can tell something is going out on it, but uh, <laughs> not. there's nothing going out on it enough for anybody to want to do anything about it. So oh gosh, uh, we play the waiting game, because it's either the throttle body, or the fuel pump, or the oil pump, or a couple handful of sensors, and all of those would cost a bunch of money to try to diagnose it down to the problem, and nothing is coding out, nothing is really seriously hmm. wrong, it seems. I'm just being a bit paranoid. Hmm. But well, I'd rather have it fixed than not fixed, but well, uh, sure. here we are.
1: Yeah. Well, we're wishing you the best of that. It ain't no fun dealing with that kind of stuff, is it? it just it consumes chasing gremlins all right it consumes so much time and and you know it ends up likely costing money money you typically don't plan for and it's not like there are little ways to because previously
2: before everything was computerized especially on an internal combustion engine there were a few little mechanical pieces you could tweak and 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 Mess around with and mess in the margins nowadays because it's so computerized. One of the suggestions I got that I tried over the weekend that did help a little bit was to reset the computer in my engine. Okay,
1: didn't know that I, you was can, such I a could thing. either go to the
2: dealership and pay them 150 ah. bucks to plug it up to flash it, Yep. or I could just unplug the battery in the trunk for about 30 minutes and plug it back in and let it reset to factory yeah because the computer in the engine in order to give you the best gas mileage tries to learn how you drive with the throttle position sensor and all that fun stuff but if something's wrong in that system it can throw it all out of whack well right now one of the problems I'm having is a little bit of a rough idle when it's at a stoplight when when you're just sitting there in gear at a stop well one of the ways you could fix that is just raise the RPM Okay. So you're thinking, okay, just go to the throttle body. There's a little screw on there. No, no, not anymore. It's all internal. It's all electronic. There's a little port. You can plug the computer in to change it, but there's no little screw to fix anymore.
1: Of course. Yeah, no more. The days of the shade tree mechanic, huh? You've gotta you've gotta be a shade tree computer engineer to work on vehicles these days. Well, I wish you the best of that. You know that uh I had another little little encounter with a deer a couple of weeks ago, and uh, waiting to get the parts in to get my vehicle repaired. Yeah, it's just a mess out there, a uh, total mess. In the meantime, speaking of vehicles, got to talk about your money today. General Motors, they reported yesterday. Their income fell a 40 percent, 40 percent. And uh, of course, that's their second income relative to the prior year, by the way, uh, the same quarter. They say it's uh, supply chain problems, of course, f- from China. They got lots of partially built vehicles. They can't sell. So their net income down to 1.69 billion for the quarter. That is compared to 2.84 billion last year. Hmm, interesting. So this is a, a watershed week for economic information, as we discussed late last week, and then again yesterday. Walmart, the market's down today. Did the dial down 116 the NASDAQ down about the same. And most of that is driven by Walmart. Walmart announced uh, late yesterday they cut their outlook, their guidance, is mainly what has got folks, uh, the investment community, uh, a little tepid. They cut their profit expectations going forward. And so it's interesting because we, we all... It wasn't too long ago we were talking about the empty shelves in retailers. Photos, videos, accounts, all over the place, right? So what do they do? They go out and say, okay, we've got demand out there. We haven't had supply. We're going to go stock up, fill that demand. Service consumer sentiment and consumer needs. Except the consumer says... Heck, I can just barely afford gas and food. I can't buy all that other stuff. And so the company came out, and they cut their quarterly and full-year profit guidance. And that's precisely what the CEO of Walmart said in their report, that inflation is causing shoppers to spend more of their disposable income on necessities. And they're not spending as much on the things that, frankly, Walmart produces greater margins on, such as clothing and electronics and housewares and the like. And so now they're saying, we're overstocked, and we're going to have to cut prices. So the the stock fell 8% this morning at the open, and that's just dragging the entire market down. So it kind of brings us to the discussion of, are we going to declare that we are in a recession once we get GDP numbers? So it's a big week. Yesterday, we had Walmart, McDonald's, GM announce earnings. Uh, today, we got more earnings data on tap. i get uh, who that is here in a second. I want to say that, that uh, Meta. It's one of those. It's it's Big Tech Week. Meta, Google, Apple, Microsoft, I think, are all announcing. But we had consumer confidence information out today. uh, And it's down rather considerably. Tomorrow, we're going to get a report from the Fed uh, to find out what they're going to do about interest rates. And then Thursday we'll get the GDP numbers and that'll tell us whether or not we are in a recession if one is on board with the more classic definition of two consecutive quarters of economic contraction and then on Friday we're going to get personal consumptions called PCE, the expenditure index, so a uh, a plethora of economic news (laughs) Uh, is out this week. Couple that with earnings. The White House, on the other hand, is working uh, diligently. I mean, the, burning the midnight oil. Not Joe, of course. He's sleeping. But they are really working hard to convince Americans, no, it's not a recession. Here's what Janet yelling <laughs> I have to laugh because it's another situation where they're trying to use words and narratives and this persuasive, grandiloquent rhetoric to convince Americans of stuff that they see with their own eyes is just false. So Janet Yellen says, no, no, no. We're not in a recession. <laughs> We're in a quote transition in which growth is slowing. <laughs> <laughs> oh god dog. Uh she met she was on the uh the show with uh NBC Chuck Todd this weekend. I caught it. She <laughs> she was asked that question. Yeah, growth is slowing, but that's not really a recession. <laughs> oh, it's the Titanic. All is well, right? Sort of deal. Uh does it matter though? Really, it, it doesn't matter. What people know is what they are feeling, what they are experiencing, and what they know is that the cost of stuff is up, that their wages are not keeping up with it, and that's what they know. And now you got a lot of people that are fearful of losing their jobs because when you hear all these companies announcing negative earnings reports, and and then they provide even more disconcerting is when they provide negative guidance. That doesn't bode well as they look to cut expenses to try to achieve their profit targets. So we'll see where all that goes. But calm down, folks. It's just a transition in which growth is slowing. Good grief. Don't say that recession stuff. Be gone with that word. (laughs) Incredible. We'll step aside for a break. we got Mike Hurst coming up at 1105, former U.S. attorney, and Dr. Randy Easterling at 1205 going to tell us about the first monkeypox case identified in Mississippi. Stay with us.
3: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. A 20% chance of showers, mostly sunny, high near 94. Tonight, partly cloudy, low around 75. Your Wednesday rolls in with a 20% chance of showers, sunny skies, high near 95. And a look to Thursday, a 30% chance of showers, sunny skies, high near 94. This weather brought to you by our friends at Gaddis mclaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. Shop local. Gaddis mclaurin Mercantile, your building supply experts since 1871.
5: Divers Portable Buildings presents the 35th Annual Mississippi Wildlife Extravaganza. July 29 through 31st at the Clyde Muse Center in Pearl. Featuring celebrity appearances all weekend. At the heart of Texas snake handlers from Rattlesnake Republic. Son of the South, Josh Carney. Yacht Yacht. Moonshiner Mike. Ronnie Adams. Ashley Deadeye Jones and Bruce Mitchell from Swamp People. The Big Buck Contest. Bring your bucks to enter for cash and prizes. And get entered in Magnolia Records. See Jason Reynolds High Flying Retrievers. The Kid's Catfish Hand Grabbing Tank. Kid's Casting tutorials. A new pond habitat demonstration. Try your hand at the archery and BB gun ranges. Learn turkey calling from the legendary Paul Meek and five-time world champion Preston Pittman. Kids get in free Friday, July 29th. Kids 5 and under are free all weekend. The Mississippi Wildlife Extravaganza. Presented in part by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. Mississippi Ag and Bass Pro Shops. July 29th through 31st at the Clyde
6: Muse Center in Pearl. Truly bigger and better than ever.
7: Here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning six nine. Breaking news, quick shots,
8: analysis—all right here on Super Talk Jackson, ninety-seven point three. Midday's with Gerard. Garrett. What? This
9: yeah. is yeah. so awesome.
0: On Super Talk Mississippi.
9: Oh, you gonna take me home tonight? Oh, down beside. Oh!
1: Welcome back, everyone. Middays, Super Talk Mississippi, live in the Element Wealth Studio. So it's Alphabet and Microsoft announcing after the bell today. Apple and Amazon on Thursday. And then in between is Meta, Facebook. So uh that's that's really the big tech names that are coming out. I think three M is also announcing today. How as much well. time,
2: and energy, and money do they spend on their rebrand and everybody still
1: <laughs> says who's says that?" Facebook oh, Facebook, yeah. I think they're having second thoughts about that. It was just unnecessary. Oh, but the metaverse is the future. Yeah. Didn't work out too well.
2: Feels like all the metaverse and VR stuff from nowadays is the virtual reality push from the early 90s, where, yeah, it's a cool idea. Cost way too much to implement it at this point.
1: Yeah. It just didn't work. Not a good... They really needed to be focused more on their core business, obviously. Yeah. And uh, not experimenting with new lines of business. Premature, as they say.
2: Oh, but you could have a virtual storefront and sell virtual stuff for virtual money. Oh, yeah. Didn't work too well. No. <laughs>
1: uh, you you know what, though? You can make a little money in the Mega Millions. Jackpot. Now $810 million. Keeps on climbing. Yeah. And that will be drawn this evening. It is the fourth largest. It is reported that it's the fourth largest lottery jackpot ever. It was seven ninety. million. In the last drawing, I think that was Friday. The cash option, just in case you want to go ahead and get all your money now, is a mere four hundred and seventy a million dollars. And that's generational wealth. That's a, bunch. Wealth. <laughs> that's, a bu- that's a bunch. That's so, the kind of money
2: to where, if you, even if you don't do everything right, even if you do splurge and screw up a little bit, your grandkids could be
1: very well off. Yeah, that's right. And their grandkids and their grandkids on oh, yeah. <laughs> that kind of dope. <laughs> yeah. I think we've talked about it
2: before with the way interest rates work. Literally, if you have a modest, if you if you live within your means at what you make now, yeah, more than likely, if you had a million dollars in the bank, you could live comfortably for the rest of your life on the interest with your current
1: means. At how much in the bank? A million. Uh, it just depends on what your lifestyle right, is.
2: yeah, but on average, for the average American,
1: it would certainly generate more than social security, oh yeah, which ain't real good, honestly um yeah, I, it just depends on what you invested in if you if you need to invest it in in uh income producing assets. You could get three, 4%, maybe five on that. So you're talking 30, 40, 50 grand a year. Yeah. And if you, and that's a lot of people are doing that. A lot of reports about folks that are really working towards retiring early on a million dollars. I've seen a, a, a case at $3 million, a, a couple. 34, 35, and both spouses worked, saved their dough, got to the three million dollar point and said, I'm out of here. I would warn against that. It's just it's a bit it's a bit risky, it's a bit volatile at that level of, of uh wealth as to whether or not that'll work out. It's just I don't know. It's uh, kind of unpredictable. But you could certainly win the Powerball and uh, excuse me, it's the mega millions. It's the big jackpot. Powerball's not quite that high. Uh, but anyhow, eight hundred and ten million or four hundred and optionally four hundred and seventy million cash. Now you'd have to pay a little bit of that in taxes, of course. By law, the Fed will withhold twenty four percent when the when you redeem.
2: Yeah, Uncle Sam's going to get his piece.
1: But then you're going to have to file and uh you're likely to be at that rate uh obviously in a, in the highest marginal tax rate which presently sits at 37%. So, uh you'd be paying some serious tax um let's see I I came up with about 170 million bucks is what you'd end up paying to the US Treasury. Hmm. Thomas and Greenwood says, I just hired Nancy as my investment advisor. Yeah, uh, her husband's trades in some of these tech companies are coming more into focus. I honestly don't think that meets the the uh, strict definition of insider trading. However, I think it was dumb, it was poorly timed, and it's poor optics. Uh, and, and I especially really... Have an issue with someone who lectures us all the time about wealth inequality. That's what just grinds my gears, and and the, the you know the unfair systems in the country and all that sort of stuff. While she's living a a life that what ninety nine point nine nine percent of the country cannot identify with. That's what I have a problem with.
2: So, and I think a lot of people simply have a problem with the fact that if you change the D to an R in front of her name or behind her name, depending on what you're watching. Yeah. You'd have a whole lot more outcry. It'd be in a whole lot more faces. It'd be on a whole lot more screens and people would be jumping up and down mad as hell about
1: it. No doubt about it. It's just the old double standard in all its splendor there. But uh, again I don't it really doesn't meet the definition the standard of insider trading, because it was all we talked about that before. It was all public information. But it certainly was poorly timed, and it made for incredibly bad optics. I think I heard an investment analyst yesterday say that on uh, the options trades that he made, I believe it was NVIDIA, and there was one more of the chip stocks. I can't remember which one. Anyhow, it was about five million bucks already made half a million in a month. Hey, that's fine. I I don't have a problem with that whatsoever. The problem I have was that, don't lecture me. Don't condemn everybody else. Because, so, does that not conflict with Joe Biden's rather continuous refrain on the campaign trail which I know we talked about on the show here, was it's time to reward work, not wealth. Duh! That's exactly what happened there. They used their wealth to make money. That's fine. That's great. I got no issue with that. Totally 100% support of it. Don't lecture the rest of us. That's what I have a problem with. I
2: I wish I could give the guy credit, because I can't remember who it was on Twitter, but... I did see a pretty funny argument about insider trading and about how behind closed doors conversations have changed and the linchpin for the change was one Martha Stewart.
1: That's exactly right. No doubt about it.
2: There are so many layers of insulation for Mm -hmm. the big names or the big money now
1: to avoid winding up like Martha Stewart. No doubt about it. Totally agree. In this particular case, uh, I don't know that this money that... Uh, so this is all about the CHIPS Act, which we've talked about quite a bit, which provides billions of dollars to an industry that don't need it, that's already doing well, got lots of cash, very profitable, let the market work and get the hell out of the way, government. It, it is a form of socialism. It is, the, it is a classic case of picking winners and losers. Oh, we got to compete with China. Here's 52 billion dollars.
2: And it's not like we don't have oh handfuls of examples of when the government subsidizes something, the cost goes up.
1: Every single time. Um, and And of course we discussed last week the amount, was it 80 billion going to National Science Foundation, which is a grant-making institution, and that's primarily going to be doled out to academic institutions, who I have great concern about their willingness and ability to protect any sort of trade secrets they might be developing in the way of chip manufacturing. Because the whole idea here, remember, with all this money, is to boost our competitiveness with China. Well, that ain't going to happen if China can get the information, which they've proven to be pretty adept at, by the way. But, Nancy, the problem is you lecture us, and then you go do exactly what you lecture us about. No, I can't deal with that. Hypocrite. Time for a break here. We'll come right back in the Element Wealth Studios.
5: MDOT will close all lanes of Interstate 20 westbound and Interstate 55 southbound at State Street and Jackson on Friday night, July 29th, starting at 8 p.m. to perform a maintenance repair on a roadway dip. The closure is anticipated to last approximately 48 hours.
6: For more information, visit GoMDOT.com. That's GoMDOT.com. Or follow Mississippi DOT on
3: Facebook and Twitter. Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com.
4: Frisco Deli, serving giant sandwiches, award-winning rib plates, and original recipe catfish with a family-friendly atmosphere. Open 1030 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday. Frisco Deli, we have something for everyone. Located just off Pearson Road on Phillips Lane in Girl. Come see us.
10: This is Brent Callaway. Since 1954, Callaway's has been family owned and operated. Located in Bloodstadt, south of Germantown High, Callaway's has an outstanding selection of your favorite trees, shrubs, color plants, and bagged and bulk soils. Everything for your outdoor living. Large shipments of outdoor patio furniture have arrived. Calloway's showroom and warehouse are full. Did you know Callaway's has beautiful decorative accessories and gift items for your indoors and outdoors? Callaway's has bulk soils for pickup and local delivery. Callaway's landscape designers Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle can design and install your landscape. Callaway's Glutstadt on Calhoun Station Parkway, south of
11: Germantown townhouse.
12: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Emmy Perkins is thrilled to represent our state after being named Miss Mississippi 2022. She joked about her journey as a performer, which for her started in fourth grade
13: and i went to my mom and i said i want to try out for a musical and so we had a big open call audition where you sang in front of the whole room and when i opened my mouth to sing everybody
12: slowly turned to my mom in shock and she goes i don't know maybe she's adopted she believes scholarship opportunities like the miss america organization celebrate the arts
13: they're the largest provider of women's scholarship dollars in the country and i think that that's something to be celebrated and when i knew i could graduate debt-free using my voice spreading the message of music as medicine and celebrating other strong women graduating debt-free it
12: you know the rest was history <laughs> for the latest mississippi news follow us on facebook twitter or online at supertalk.fm
11: here in c Spire country the best network anywhere is all around you
6: it's up on our towers where blazing fast 5g is turning your smartphone into a superphone. It's under your feet, where we lay gigabit fiber to make the internet faster than you've ever seen. It's powering your phones, feeds, tablets, TVs, and businesses. So now the best technology anywhere is right here. Welcome to C Spire country. It's just like the rest of the country, only a few steps
14: ahead. Hey, it's Richard Cross from Sports Talk Mississippi. Here's your invitation to join us every Friday at 520 for Food Fridays presented by Polks. In the South, warm weather means more time with family and friends. Whether you're headed to the ballpark, the beach, or just the backyard, be sure you're packing Polks meat products. Grab a package of original garlic and green onion, or my favorite, the Cajun Smoked Sausage. When Polks is on the menu, you're always a winner. Wherever you are, whoever you're with this spring and summer, remember, picky people pick Polks.
1: In the Element Wealth Studios, we thank you so much for joining us today. We're just talking about Pelosi and the trades, and look, it grinds my gears as well, but again, uh, let's, let's deal with the facts here. This does not meet the test and the standard of insider trading. In order for it to be deemed insider trading, trades would have to be made by members of Congress or their families based on non-public information. So if Nancy goes home to the hubby and says, "Look, Paul, I think that's his name. We're 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 debating, we're considering this bill that would provide subsidies as what it is, corporate welfare, an infusion of significant cash and a change in in uh, tax policy to the chip industry. And nobody else outside of her in the inner circle, say it's the committee in Congress working on it, knew anything about that. I mean, nobody else in the world. And he went and executed these trades. That's insider trading. Now, I'm certainly not saying here that, that that is a fair and adjust in a rightful standard, I'm just sharing with you what the law is, what the standard. So, and sometimes trading, even if you have non-public information, it doesn't necessarily meet the other test of insider. But in this particular case, this, income, this uh, information was known months ago. In fact, I bought NVIDIA and Intel as a result. I mean, I'm for making money on my investments. I saw the government getting involved in an industry and considering legislation with which, by the way, I completely disagree with and have denounced on this program, went through the details, Rhino, last Thursday before you went on vacation, and discussed all the problems I thought we would see with this legislation. I completely Oppose it. But the fact is, I'm a capitalist. And if the government is going to do stupid things, they take enough of my money in the form of taxes, I'm going to offset it by investing in a way that produces income. Now, the point being, in this particular case, this was all public information. It was widely known to the entire world for quite some time. And the fundamental problem here is you could eliminate a lot of this problem, if not all of it, if the government would stay out. The whole problem here, if you think about it, is they shouldn't be making policies that give some industry an advantage. Now, what I will say is if they make policies which would get the government the hell out of the way, such as in the oil and gas industry and and all of the ancillary industries that support the exploration, extraction, production of oil and gas, just as an example. I'm all for that. And then, you know what happens then? Capital flows into it. The reason we have $5 gas prices is because of government. Capital is not flowing into it. Oil and gas companies are not authorizing, commissioning big projects because the government says we're putting you out of business. It's no different.
2: Meanwhile, just look at the price of, oh, I don't know, child care or a hospital visit or college tuition or, heck, the college textbooks. All of those in the last 20, 25 years are up over 100% and
1: every one of them are subsidized by the government. No doubt Have about them. it. No doubt about it. So the fundamental problem here is government poking its nose where it shouldn't. That's the problem. It it would you would al- almost eliminate completely the opportunity for insider true illegal insider trading if government would butt out. Simple as that. This has created an opportunity. So, um, Karen in Oxford says, Gerard, you're exceptionally. So, we we're having a chat on the ceasefire tax line. Karen and I were. She said, You're exceptionally smart in business. Nancy and Paul are just dirty. First, I appreciate that, uh, Karen. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you whatsoever, Karen, in this respect. I'm just pointing out that this does not technically meet the legal standard of insider trading. So there's really nothing that can be done. It looks stupid. It looks bad. It looks arrogant. It looks elitist. Would all those terms describe Nancy Pelosi? Yeah, I think so. I think most people would agree with that. Except her district, you can't blow her out of that district, right? And this isn't the only thing they've done related to her congressional influence. I'm not doubting that either, Karen. I'm just saying that these particular trades, Don't rise to the level of insider trading. Now, that being said, you may have seen former Republican rep Stephen Bayer. You've seen this news. He has been, yesterday, charged with insider trading. He did, in fact, commit gross insider trading. Now, he was out of Congress in 2011. He bought $1.5 million worth of stock in Sprint in Navigant Consulting based on non-public information he received as a consultant after he left office. That's insider trading. That meets the standards. And so he was arrested yesterday on federal insider trading. I agree. He should be. He used non-public, disappropriated Confidential information he gained as a consultant to the federal government. This is what really drives people crazy. So there's always a lot of talk about They go to Congress and they get wealthy off their rears, and we've discussed that, I know, a lot, Rhino. We've shared the list, right, of the official filings of members of Congress. It's really not that impressive from a a net worth perspective. It's when they get out, they utilize their, their influence, their fame, their status, whatever you want to call it, and they get ridiculously rich. Barack Obama! Oh my gosh! Didn't he sign some, was it a Netflix deal, for like 65 million bucks? Something like that, yeah. Now, look, private sector Book deals got a you know it's mass thirty million dollar mansion at Martha's Vineyard.
2: That kind of flies in the face of the whole climate change crap, too. Yeah, no doubt if you're about. You're worried it. about rising sea levels in the near future. Why did you buy a mansion in Martha's Vineyard?
1: Which is like I don't know twenty thousand square feet or something like that, something insane. Now look, book deals, honoraria. The fact is, that's all. That is all legal. It's private sector transactions. It's private sector earnings. All totally leaked. uh, Netflix wants to sign him to this massive deal. They can do that. Now, because he was president of the United States, but when you get down to the Congress and you go from literally sleeping in your office which is a, what a lot a lot of members, particularly of the House, do. Because you can't afford it. You get no housing allowance. You can't find an apartment in the Beltway around the D.C. area. You know that. It's one of the most difficult uh, housing markets, inexpensive housing markets, in the country, if not the top. You can't find any place. And there's reports of 30, 40 members of Congress on the, on the House side, on average, living in their office, Showering in the house gym. That's their bathroom. Because, A, they can't afford it. A lot of them can't afford it. You, you don't get a housing allowance. If you found an apartment, what, three, four grand a month? Easily. Yeah. And you make $174.4. So, uh, you know, you could do the math on that. You, most of them have to take care of their houses in their home, their residence. You can't bail on that. Now, I'm not, I'm not asking you to get the violin out and cry a tune whatsoever. They signed up for it. That's just the way it is. But it's when they leave. It's when they leave. Lobbyists snap them up. Companies hire them for government relations to serve as lobbyists and consultants. Like this guy. They come across its insider information, and they go make trades, and they get quite wealthy on it. Well, that is an advantage he had, this rep, that the rest of us don't. If Nancy Pelosi were truly committed to the principles that she spouts and lectures all of us about, they wouldn't make these trades, even though it's not insider trading. That's my take on it. We'll t- step aside for a break right here in the Element Well Studios, another segment this hour, and then Mike Hurst coming in at le- 11.05. We're going to talk about crime in the capital city. Stay with us. <sighs>
15: Why don't you mind your own
4: business?
16: This is the opening agri market report. At the opening of the New York Cotton Exchange December cotton was up three eleven to ninety four seventeen. March cotton was up three o five to ninety forty one. The opening of the Chicago Board of Trade August soybeans rose thirty six and three quarters to fifteen o nine and three quarters per bushel. September soybeans rose twenty five and three quarters to thirteen eighty one and three quarters per bushel. December corn was up 16 and three quarters to six and a half per bushel. March corn was up 16 and a half to 607 and a quarter per bushel. At the mercantile, October live cattle was down 35 to 143 even. December live cattle was down a nickel to 48.57. September feeders down 155 to 181.12. October feeders down 127 to 183.97. At the open, the Dow Jones down 93 points, 31,896. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Supertalk Mississippi Anger news Network.
6: Have you ever seen a field of corn or soybeans or cotton growing along the highway? Think about that for a moment. From tiny seeds comes this field of crops. You and I need to live our lives every day. The Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation celebrates 100 years in 2022. We began much the same way, as a seed of an idea that took root in 1922. In the 100 years since, the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation has contributed so much to our lives across every county of this state. From insurance to hospitals, from private property rights to road and bridge repair, Mississippi Farm Bureau has fought to make a better way of life for Mississippians, member or not. Also, while agriculture is important, we are not just a farm organization. 100 years of strengthening our families, our communities, and our state. The Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation. 100 years of faith, family, and Farm Bureau.
0: Arm yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk Mississippi. Come on. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. All right,
17: we are back.
0: On Super Talk, Mississippi.
1: time, best song to ride in a car or two. <laughs> Remember the video? Had the little MG run around on the dirt roads. I think it was a, maybe it was a Spitfire Triumph or an MG. I don't know. It's one of those cars that you work on all week so you can drive it for two days on the weekend. Because they're going to break, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but back then, you could work on them. Your, yourself, right? Uh, unlike... The situation. You didn't have to
2: download an entire suite of software <laughs> exactly. and get the right adapter to plug in <laughs> and then hope you got it all figured out.
1: <laughs> Paul of Meridian says, so advance notice doesn't count. Still seems like cheating. And I I hear you, Paul. Exactly how is it cheating? You you could have made the same investments that Paul Pelosi did. He didn't have any advantage. In that he didn't have any advance notice that you didn't have. He didn't have any confidential information. Again, I, I'm just explaining the way the law works. Uh, uh, I think what it really boils down to, and Ben from Madison weighs in on this, he says, it may not be insider trading, but in my opinion, sitting members of Congress shouldn't trade stocks. Fair enough. Well, I think a lot of people hold that same position. And that's been talked about. But I mean, it, it got
2: legislation, the Stock Act.
1: Right. But... Not a whole lot of teeth in that.
2: It's not going anywhere.
1: Right. That's the issue. So... I mean, when the, the
2: fine for <laughs> six-figure trades is 200 bucks, and it's usually waived.
1: Yeah. it's It doesn't have any teeth. No no substance behind it. But uh, that hasn't gotten any, any traction, honestly, to this point. Not surprising. Now... There are, there are some who say, okay, who, who would advocate for this situation, where a member of Congress would place their, their holdings in a blind trust. Now, honestly, guys, I think it's a little uh, naive to think that there's not conversations flowing between, or that you could totally cut off communication between a member of Congress and uh, the fiduciary. Uh, the trustee that is uh, administering their blind trust and you could say well then they just shouldn't invest right just just uh, liquidate all their holdings put it in cash okay you certainly could do that it's already just about to the point certainly it applies to someone seeking the U.S Senate you pretty much got to be wealthy in your own right. You just do. To run for office. You look at the numbers, the dollars. You're going to have to pony up some out of your own pocket. Just to get it started. To show you're serious. And depending on the size of the state. Was it Rick Scott Florida? It was just on with Paul Gallo last week, by the way. Uh, his campaign, I, I think, it either set a record. He and Cruz both had record dollars spent on their campaigns, but he personally, in the last cycle, talking about Senator Rick Scott, who, by the way, is the wealthiest member of Congress, he's at the top of the list, worth, what, $250 million, I think we looked it up the other day, uh, used to be the CEO of, um, gosh, the name escapes me, the, the big uh, hospital conglomerate. Oh, shoot. Health Corporation of America, Hospital Corporation of America, HCA, yeah. And then he went into the private equity world. But I think he spent sixty five million bucks out of his own pocket to run for Senate. Previous to that, he was the governor of Florida, and he had about eight or nine million bucks of his own dough in that. I want to say it was ten, the okay. round number. Okay. So now he's worth two hundred and fifty million so he can afford it. But you gotta wonder. Man, you really got to want to be a U.S. senator to spend $65 million of your own dough. But that's how crazy these races have gotten. You look in um, Georgia, very contentious, gubernatorial race, Senate race, unbelievable. Now, most of that money, the vast majority of that money is not the candidates. In the case of Stacey Abrams, the Democrat candidate, it's coming from out of state. Big liberal donors out of California. I think George Soros is in for $2.5 Something crazy like that. So, I would just say that either we just ought to completely prohibit trading or not. Right now, we kind of have something in the middle. So-called insider trading. You can't trade if you've got proprietary, disappropriated... Confidential information to have an advantage over the rest of the market. That's what the law says now. In this case, Paul Pelosi didn't have anything that nobody else did. It just looks terrible and it's kind of just summoning your nose. If they nose. had that
2: kind of money, they could get Paul a
1: driver. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Got arrested for DUI, right? We'll be right back with Mike Hurst.
0: You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk, Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. Online at baroniestreepros.com.
18: Fox News. I'm Lillian Wu. In the fight over abortion, a judge allows South Carolina's six week abortion ban to continue as a Planned Parenthood suit works its way through the state's courts elsewhere. West
5: Virginia's state Republican majority in a special session is pushing a new abortion law to replace an 1800s-era law that went dormant in 1973 that a West Virginia judge has ruled unenforceable now. The new law would bar abortion in almost all cases except if a pregnancy isn't viable and makes performing the procedure a felony.
18: Fox's Jeff Manasso and firefighters making some progress against a fire near Yosemite National Park. On the oak- fire they now say they have it 26 percent contained on friday thousands of residents were ordered to evacuate immediately some saying they escaped with whatever they could grab this is claudia cowan america's listening to fox news
5: Ace Bolton Screw is proud to announce the grand opening of their third Central Mississippi location at 599 Highway 49 South in Richland. Don't miss the grand opening celebration Wednesday, August 3rd. Check out product demonstrations and register for amazing door prizes with manufacturer's reps on site. Learn about vendor managed inventory to streamline your operation. It's all happening Wednesday, August 3rd at the new Mississippi family owned Ace Bolton Screw location on Highway 49 in Richland. Hello, my
3: name is John Merrill, the owner of Amada Senior Care. We're your local trusted advisor for senior home care. We provide experienced caregivers for your loved ones so they can remain in their home. Just like you would care for your loved ones, our employees provide assistance with their personal care needs. As your trusted senior advisor, I can help your family navigate the long term care insurance process. Just call me, John Merrill with the MODA Senior Care, for your free in home consultation, 601 864 3752.
12: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. With inflation at a record high, Mississippi's tax free weekend couldn't come at a better time. Between 1201 a.m. Friday and midnight Saturday, shoppers won't have to worry about paying the state's 7% sales tax on clothing, footwear, and school supply purchases under $100. If you're not in the mood to get out and about, you can still save as the tax-free weekend includes all online purchases under $100. A full list of eligible and non-eligible items can be found at supertalk.fm. A federal jury has convicted a pedal man of smuggling seven undocumented aliens in the sleeper cab of his tractor trailer. 39 year old Daniel McLaurin is facing up to 10 years in prison and a possible fine of $250,000. For all things Mississippi, visit supertalk.fm.
9: It's the first day of the first
18: grade,
4: and she
7: Some things sound so good, you can almost taste it. Like Bluebell Strawberry Lemonade Ice Cream, delicious strawberry ice cream swirled with lemonade sherbet and sprinkled with lemon-flavored flakes. It's better than you can imagine.
9: The good old day.
19: ice cream at your local grocer and pick up your favorite flavor today
12: is senator Chris McDaniel considering a run for lieutenant governor Russ Latino with Empower Mississippi thinks it's possible
5: I don't have any inside information on that all I would say is I know there's a, a draft page up on on Facebook and generally you don't have draft ex-politician without the politician being willing to be draft uh, amen uh, To me, there's a fairly strong indicator that he's
12: running. Latino says McDaniel has never been afraid of taking on a big fight.
5: So we'll see how it unfolds. I don't have any sort of inside knowledge of of when an announcement could be or what it's going to look like or what the messaging is or anything like that. I think it'll make for fascinating politics.
12: The suspect, accused of shooting one person and aiming a gun at a Jackson police officer, is dead after the officer opened fire Monday afternoon around 1.30. The Mississippi Bureau of Investigation is reviewing that incident.
13: This is baseball player and fellow Mississippian, Jake Mangum. There are a lot of reasons to be proud of my home state. Mississippi State baseball is one of the reasons, and Mississippi Farm Bureau
6: insurance is another. The dedicated team at Farm Bureau works hard to give me and the rest of their customers the best service possible. Visit favrates.com for great
13: rates on home and auto insurance. Or find a local agent at msfbins.com.
0: Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team.
2: Downed trees and limbs contacting power lines can lead to power outages.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Midday Talk, Mississippi. We are in the Element Wealth Studios, rocking into Hour 2 of the program. And uh, don't, for, don't forget, tomorrow, I'm at the Neshoba County Fair. Middays is going to be on Founder Square there, and a Thursday as well. And I got a feeling you're going to hear from a lot of the state's uh, elected leaders on Middays. You think so? The movers and shakers, as it were. <laughs> but we'll be there tomorrow. Looking forward to that. But joining us now in the Element Well Studios, Mike Hurst, former U.S. Attorney. Mike, good to see you. Hey, good morning, Gerard. How are you? Doing great. Good. Just wanted to give you a bit of a shout out. You uh, were kind enough to address uh, my Rotary Club yeah. yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I told Paul
13: they must have been having a hard time finding somebody to speak. So <laughs> happy to happy to fill in
1: Paul Bowers our president of course and uh you did a great job well, thank I enjoyed you. yeah I enjoyed the sometimes it's just good to, so what you really did well there I just want you to to know Mike is that you didn't just take us down uh the rat hole of of law which you could yeah. because you're a very skilled attorney well, thank obviously you. but uh you you provided I thought were some really some good advice on um just how to conduct yourself not only as a lawyer but as a person and mainly how to interact with people that's right Gosh.
13: Yeah. i was trying to think of something to talk about i mean it's a it's an intimidating group i mean it's the business leaders of our capital city mm-hmm. i mean like like rhino said it is it's the movers and shakers here mm-hmm. in, in jackson metro area and and we we former federal prosecutors we don't have much but we we do have some pretty good stories no some doubt. pretty fun stories so we just tried to i tried to take those old war stories we had tried to uh uh, uh, pull out or tease out the life lessons and just try to apply them to the business community and, and like you said, to our life in general. So, no I hope it was helpful.
1: Yeah, appreciate yeah, that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So, Speaking of the capital city where we sit here, we got a crime problem here.
13: Yeah, it's
1: um, I, I feel like it's deja vu all over again. Um,
13: yeah, it's it's heartbreaking, and I feel like every time I come over here, I, I'm, I'm I'm the boy who cried wolf because we do have a crime problem. Uh, today is July 26th. Today is the 207th day of this fine year in 2022, and we're according to WLBT, we're already up to 70 murders, which puts us on pace to hit about 123, which you know, in, in in the right context, if you're going to be an optimistic person, glass half full. I mean, that is lower than last year. It is lower than the year before, but. Goodness, Gerard, that's, that still puts us in the top three deadliest years in the city's history. I mean, this is insane. So, you know, I don't know if um, some of your listeners may have seen the CBS News report last month on um, the the moms of murder victims here in the city of Jackson. If you haven't seen that, I, I don't normally <laughs> recommend to go look at CBS News, but in this case they interviewed a number of mothers of, of crime victims, specifically murder victims. And it's some of the most heartbreaking stuff you'll ever watch. I mean, one mother was told by a JPD officer that she needed to go and investigate her sons on murder. Oh, my gosh. And it it documented how, you know, the, the, the city talks about the solvability rate that they have on murders is, you know, 60%. But, you know, the Atlantic Monthly Magazine did an article the other day that said that back in the 1960s, the nation's solvability rate for murders was 90% and now we're down to only solving in Jackson six murders per 10 murders i mean that's 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 a lot of people whose murders whose families never have closure who never have any any type of solace as to what
1: happened to their loved one so you feel that's a function of Just unwillingness to investigate or lack of resources?
13: Absolutely not unwillingness. I I know these Jackson police officers. I know these detectives. I I think it's a lack of resources, and frankly, it's a lack of leadership in the city. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've said this many a times. I'm I'm sure I'm not on the the Christmas card list of the mayors anymore, (laughs) but I mean, when you don't have leadership at the top. When you don't have someone who is making executive decisions about a city, or and specifically in this case about a police department, or that is making decisions that you know adversely impact the police officers, um, you've got some of the lowest morale that I've ever seen in any organization, not just the law enforcement organization, yeah. any organization. So you know they're doing the best they can, and they're out mm. there. These police officers, they're they're in it because to them it's a calling to them this is not just a job this is not just a paycheck you know they could they could go to any law enforcement agency in the surrounding counties to get more money sure this is because they love our capital city just like you and i love our capital city they want to make jackson better but if they don't have the backing of the mayor if they don't have the resources if they don't have the manpower when, when we're supposed to have over 600 officers and i think we're down to like 250 I mean, how can we expect these individuals to do their job well if if the, if the mayor does not give them the tools and the resources they need to do it? I mean, one example. The FBI, I read this, the FBI says that uh, a homicide detective should have only about five cases that they investigate per year. Okay. Okay? The last numbers I saw, and I don't know if this is even accurate, but the last numbers I saw was... Jackson has 8 homicide detectives. I don't think they have that many, but that was what was reported. 8 homicide detectives. And if you divide, you know, 150 murders, 140 murders, whatever it's going to be by 8 homicide detectives, that's a heck of a lot more. Impossible. Than 5 cases per year. Impossible. And I don't know how we should how can how can we hold them up to that standard? How can we expect them to do their jobs if we don't have the
1: manpower in place to get the job done? Mm, so, yeah. Well so it's the, it's the old catch-22 we've been talking about that on the program, Mike the last few days. Uh, what do we need to do in Mississippi to boost our economy and, and what can we do uh, to be more business friendly uh, to support and promote uh, organic growth right existing businesses of course, expanding investing, but also to attract businesses in so the issue is, we need those businesses to come in to produce more economic activity and, and more revenue to our, our cities, our state, uh, to, uh, to be able to invest in these resources, but we also need, need it to be crime-free to get them to come here. That's right. And well, that's
13: a, it's a conundrum. The, and, and the irony is, if you go back and look at Mayor Lumumba's campaign platform and, and his campaign, if you go back and pull all the uh, the internet posts, all the, the advertising, every, the number one issue for him, ironically, was crime. When he ran. Sure. And since he's been in office, I I feel like he's almost done the opposite. I don't feel like he's done really much to – you know, reduce crime at all. In fact, I think the policies that he's put in place, whether it's preventing Jackson police officers from pursuing criminals, or whether it's, you know, requiring the publication of a a, a police officer's name after there's been an officer-involved shooting within 72 hours, no, without regard from whether there was due process or any type of protections for the officer and his family, those types of policies that, that he is doing for the woke crowd outside the city of Jackson, for his liberal base outside the state of Mississippi so he can move his name up the uh, up the ladder, if you will. Yeah. I mean, those are doing nothing, right. absolutely nothing to help the citizens of Jackson or to make Jackson safer.
1: Well, it, it seems like that um, – I'll go ahead and say he's over his head. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, even in his inner circle, would tell you that. Um, but why do we seem to not be able to get someone to run for mayor – that is more qualified, right. that that truly can address these issues. And you know, I'd say this as well, Mike, and I think you would agree, that it's easy for us who don't live in the capital city, who are somewhat isolated from the problems there to just say, okay, well, that's just Jackson. But the fact is, it's the capital city It drags the whole state down, yeah.
13: drags and, us all down. And, and, and the whole narrative about you don't live here, you can't have any say, well, the problem with that narrative is is, is that I, I spend a third of my life here. Yeah, I work in the city of Jackson, probably spend more than a third of my life because I work here more than eight hours a day. Yeah. But this is, this is not just something for people who live there, something for people who work here. This is our capital city this is the center of our state this is the hub of our government this is should be the center of our commerce like you said we right. should have businesses sure. coming yes, here absolutely. left and right absolutely. but at at the end of the day we've got to help the citizens of Jackson because the government is not helping them. Yeah. We've got to step in our our nonprofits, our churches, and, and they are. I, I will tell you, I've seen some amazing nonprofits pop over, over the last few years to, to come into Jackson to help its residents, to help, you know, where it's needed. And um and that's really encouraging. That's really encouraging to see what's going on, especially in South and West Jackson with some of these groups and what they're doing. But we've just got to do more and when we get out of that mindset that the government's going to do it for us and and that we've got to do it for ourselves, I think we can move Jackson forward.
1: Yeah, you know, I totally agree. I wanted to share that uh, I was fortunate to attend uh, the, the Mississippi District Pentecostal Church's annual camp meeting and uh, went last Friday. We I love go those Friday. folks; they are fired up, man. Unbelievable. <laughs> and when we come back, uh, I, I wanted to. Can you stay? Yeah, you gotta, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. All right, we got Mike Hurst. When we come back, I, I'll share with you uh, something uh, that they presented at the meeting that uh, really caught my attention as it relates to Jackson. Great. We'll be right back with Mike Hurst in the Element Wealth Studios.
5: Buildings presents the 35th annual Mississippi Wildlife Extravaganza July 29th through 31st at the Clyde Muse Center in Pearl featuring celebrity appearances all weekend. At the heart of Texas snake handlers from Rattlestake Republic, Son of the South Josh Carney, Yacht Yacht, Moonshiner Mike, Ronnie Adams, Ashley Deadeye Jones and Bruce Mitchell from Swamp People The Big Buck Contest, bring your bucks to enter for cash and prizes and get entered in Magnolia Records. See Jason Reynolds High Flying Retrievers, the Kids Catfish Hand Grabbing Tank, Kids Casting Tutorial a new pond habitat demonstration. Try your hand at the archery and BB gun ranges. Learn turkey calling from the legendary Paul Meek and five-time world champion Preston Pittman. Kids get in free Friday, July 29th. Kids five and under are free all weekend. The Mississippi Wildlife Extravaganza presented in part by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi, Mississippi Ag and Fast Pro Shops. July 29th through 31st at the Clyde Muse Center in Pearl.
3: Truly bigger and better than ever. Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com.
20: Guys, have Viagra and Cialis let you down? It can get you to the point where you think your best days are behind you
4: Dave Logan with Canon Nissan of Jackson.
19: More and more people are shopping with Canon Nissan of Jackson.
2: Why? Because we treat each and every customer with respect. You deserve the best, and we do
14: our best to deliver every time. Nobody beats a Canon deal. Nobody.
6: If recent hailstorms have invited Lurk the Leak into your home, call the experts at Watkins Construction and Roofing to find out what is lurking in your roof. Our Rapid Response Roof team will be on top of your roof as soon as the next business day with a complimentary, honest assessment of your roof. Condition and offer solutions to keep your home and family safe. Say goodbye, Lurk the Leak. Call Watkins Construction and Roofing today at 601 966 8233 or visit lose the What do you have to lose but your leak?
14: Hey, it's Richard Cross. Be sure to catch Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the Magnolia State. Every day from 3 until 6, right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3.
0: And now the talk that keeps Mississippi talking. Now, now, onto the real part.
16: Dino Mike
0: on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Back everyone to midday's from the Element Well Studios. Mike Hurst, former U.S. attorney, oh, I'm and now a partner at Phelps uh, Dunbar. That's correct. Yep, yep. Uh, practicing law, raising a family, yeah. beautiful family. <laughs> Trying, right? try to uh, save up for all those weddings I've got to pay for I and heard college you talk funds. About that <laughs> yesterday, I get it. All right, so we're in the Element Well Studios talking about the uh, the crime situation and how to address it in our capital city. And uh, there are a lot of ideas, of course, but the bottom line is we need, uh, we need resources. So uh, someone said that uh, we need to pay law enforcement more. I, I hey, hear man. you. Uh, yep. it, but you have to have the, uh, the courage to cut elsewhere, because the fundamental problem in Jackson is they ain't got no money. Right. Losing tax base, as you know, so revenue is, is uh, hard to come by. And insufficient, frankly, right. to support the, the city at the need at the level it needs to be supported. Uh, so where do you cut? Elsewhere. And, you know, if it were me, it seems like – I still believe, as, as I know you do – and I was talking about the Pentecostal church, and I'll, I'll get back to that in a second this, – this is not a problem that is going to be solved by government. Certainly not exclusively by government. It, it requires the private sector. I think it requires the, the religious community as well. It requires all of us to get involved. I, there's, would work miracles. We could see miracles work if we could really attract some serious private sector operations in the city. How do you do that? I think we got to go with hat in hand, honestly, to some of these corporations that um, have the means, have the assets to expand into the city and say we need you. You 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 want you're already so dead gum focused on all this ESG stuff and all this social uh, warrior efforts. Come help the city of Jackson. Mm. I'd get on a plane right now and go with hat in hand. Right. We we got problems. We need you. That's just an example. Uh, the Pentecostal church just quickly um, they had had uh, do did a great peasant presentation. The bishop Bishop D- Tipton did about some plans they have for the camp and so forth. But he put up there a slide that showed eight communities in the city where they want to expand, build churches, literally churches in those communities. Top of the list, Central Jackson. Oh wow! They got uh, uh, great congregations and churches, as you know, in Madison and South of Jackson and in Byram, in Central and yep. Flowood, right? Central Jackson and. It's not just because they want to expand the size of the church. It's because they want to get in there and they believe if they could get people in the church community, they stop using drugs, yeah. stop being in gangs, stop committing crime. I'm with them. That's the way to do it. Right.
13: Well, and, and I will tell you, when I was U.S. Attorney, I would, I would go and ride alongs with police officers, with council members. And, and you know, I, I remember very vividly sitting in the, at a kitchen table with a grandmother who was raising, I want to say, four or five, maybe six grandkids. And, you know, she's been there her entire life. She was not leaving, this was her home. She, there was nowhere else to go, frankly. And, um, you know, just the, the, the lack of hope. And some of these individuals who who cannot escape i mean those are the people that we need to be doing everything we can to make sure that they have some hope Agreed. that there is something you know and to your point of, of you know yeah we absolutely need more police officers we absolutely need to pay them more all of those things are correct but just like when i was u.s attorney you know, our main job in the United States Attorney's Office is to prosecute federal crimes, but when we launched Project Eject here in Jackson, you know, to, to really combat violent crime, it was not only prosecute more federal criminals here in the city of Jackson, but it also involved issues of prevention, going into the schools, getting to those kids, giving those kids hope, giving them alternatives, going to, you know, the the, the convicted felons who are about to be released, giving them, empowering them with the resources and the tools and the education and the job opportunities they need when they get out of prison. Sure. Otherwise, sure. they're going to fall right back into what they did before they got there. And really just getting out in the community, having town halls, raising awareness, you know, Know, just anything we can do to raise transparency, have more communications, build that trust. I mean, I think that's what we've lost is the, the trust piece between the community and we in law no enforcement. Doubt. No and doubt. And so you've got – it can't be just arresting and prosecuting. It's got to be a multifaceted um, you know, approach, and that's what we tried to do with Project EJAC. And I, I will tell you, I mean, the media did not like to report on it. They did not like what we did. But at the end of the day, the numbers don't lie. I mean, the, the – Violent crime in the city of Jackson fail when we implemented Project Eject, yep. and it just goes to show you if you bring together all those components—not just federal, state, local law enforcement—but when you bring in the educational, the charitable, the humanitarian, the civic—all those organizations together, man, we can actually do this. Yeah. We can actually accomplish this. We can actually make Jackson safer. But the thing that infuriates me is back to the uh, back to the mayor, you know. At, at first, he was all on board, but then he saw that we were being successful, and he didn't. I guess he didn't like the fact that a Trump-appointed U.S. attorney was actually doing things to help Jackson. It maybe it hurts his politics. I don't know. Mm. But in 2020, when we were all going through COVID, when violent crime was not only spiking around the country, but was spiking here in our Jackson, uh, our capital city, um, where we, I think, we had 130 murders at the end of that year. I offered. To bring DOJ resources into the city of Jackson through Operation Legend. I often bring 50 federal law enforcement agents, FBI, ATF, DEA, you name it, U.S. Marshals, bring them into the city of Jackson to help with this surge of crime that we were experiencing. And I was told, absolutely not by the mayor. Unbelievable. Every city councilman, from Kenny Stokes to Aaron Banks to every Democrat, Republican, white, black, they were all in favor of it, Gerard. So, for whatever reason, this mayor wanted to politicize it, call it the militarization of Jackson, (laughs) which is the craziest thing you can imagine when mayors in Kansas City mayors in all these other Democratic-controlled cities were accepting them, and they were seeing their violent crime go down in their cities, yet our mayor refused that help.
1: I I vividly remember that, and that's just another situation where a, a person that is in a position of leadership, especially at the top, they've got to take a back seat and be confident enough in their own skin that... Hey, bringing in people that are better at something, smarter at something than I am to solve a problem, to work together as a team—that benefits everybody. Right. It, that doesn't reflect poorly on me, but it's almost like that was the concern there. This may He's look pride. like that, right? That He's I'm not, pride. I'm not getting the job done. We got to bring outsiders in. What What did Reagan say? That there's no limit. To what yeah. a
13: man can accomplish
1: if he doesn't care who gets the credit. It's amazing what you can accomplish if you don't uh, care who gets the credit. Right. Exactly. I think. First stated by Harry Truman, I think it was Reagan that picked up on it, but it had kind of Probably gone away. One from, of them said it. Yeah, you know, uh, who, who knows? But it it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it's right. a fantastic quote, <laughs> and right. it's a principle by which to live. Yeah,
13: I mean, we all have the same. We should have all the same goal in mind, which is to make our capital city sure. better, sure. to make people safer. You know, again, back to the politics. It doesn't matter if you're Democrat or Republican. It right. doesn't matter if you're black or white. At the end of the day, we as human beings want our kids to be safe. We want our grandkids to be safe. We want to live in a safe. Area we want them to be able to play on the sidewalk. We want them to be able to go to the grocery store or or go to the you know Sonic down the street, whatever, without the fear of something bad happening to them. And sadly, right now, it's hard to say that we don't have in our capital city. Yeah, we don't have that. When you got five year olds and fourteen year olds getting shot, you know, while they're in their apartment or getting shot at the gas station, I mean, it's it's it is. Scary for people, not only living but visiting our capital it's city. Dra-
1: it's dragging us all down. You know, something else that um, is also a sticky subject that I, I'd, from an economic perspective, uh, that I'd like to see happen is to uh, improve and renovate our airport. Mm. Um, I, I know, in flying people in from all over the country when I was in business here, I always felt like I needed to apologize for it because you could see it in their eyes, like, "Wow, this is maybe the worst one in the country." Mm. And that's, that's been a subject, as you know, of uh, very hot debate. Uh, between city and members of the legislature and well i hope you blindfolded your customers when you
13: got to the <laughs> jackson City but, potholes or you, know, you um, know maybe the bottled water you had to give them when you got to jackson i mean that that's the problem I you know, know crime is first I, in my mind crime is first and foremost you can't i don't think many of those businesses and you're the expert on this but i don't think many businesses or companies want to come to jackson because of the crime problem right so you've got a kind of a chicken and egg scenario right. so we've got to get this crime problem agree. fixed first and foremost and then let's talk about the sewage then let's let's. Let's talk about the water. Then let's talk about the garbage. I mean, there's so many issues. But again, with the right mindset, the right
1: leadership, I really I really, truly – I don't think I'm being Pollyannish. I think we can actually do this. I do, too. I do, too. And uh, I I think it was – there was a deal on the table – you got to go? No. Can you hang on? Yeah, we got a couple of other things, Tom. There was a deal on the table, I want to say. To maybe use the jail downtown? Do you know about that? Mm-hmm. No. I think uh, Lieutenant Governor Hoseman said something to me about it, and I think the state was going to provide a little dab of money, but the city rejected it because they said they couldn't get the people to man the facility, so we don't have a place to lock up people. Well, what people. does it tell you when Kenny Stokes said, we need a jail? Oh, exactly. That tells you oh, we've got yeah, a crime problem all. right there. <laughs> no <I'm> doubt <tired laughs> about it. we got Mike Hurst, former U.S. attorney, uh, in the Element Well Studios. We're going to take a break here and come right back. <laughs>
3: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. A 20% chance of showers, mostly sunny, high near 94. Tonight, partly cloudy, low around 75. Your Wednesday rolls in with a 20% chance of showers, sunny skies, high near 95. And a look to Thursday, a 30% chance of showers, sunny skies, high near 94. This weather brought to you by our friends at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. Shop local. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, your building supply experts since 1871.
17: In Mississippi, summertime means triple-digit temperatures. This summer, it also means triple summer rebates from Browning Safe Company. Security Joe of Discount Gun Safe says you can beat the heat and save money on a new Browning Safe for your home or office. From now through the end of July, purchase a new in-stock Browning Safe and get a rebate of $150, $225, or $300. That's tripled the savings from last year's. Come visit the showroom of Discount Gun Safe at 2636 Old Brandon Road in Mississippi and browse from over 200 safes planning on building a safe room in your next dream house Well, check out the Browning fire rated and FEMA approved vault door on display at discount gun safe as always if you need it delivered have your safe installed for as little as $100 with their licensed and discreet delivery team call 601-939-8233 and start saving now that's 601-939-8233
3: 601-345-89. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at BaronistreePros That's BaronistreePros
12: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. With inflation at a record high, Mississippi's tax free weekend couldn't come at a better time. Between 1201 a.m. Friday and midnight Saturday, shoppers won't have to worry about paying the state's 7% sales tax on clothing, footwear, and school supply purchases under $100. If you're not in the mood to get out and about, you can still save as the tax-free weekend includes all online purchases under $100. A full list of eligible and non-eligible items can be found at supertalk.fm. A federal jury has convicted a pedal man of smuggling seven undocumented aliens in the sleeper cab of his tractor trailer. 39-year-old Daniel McLaurin is facing up to 10 years in prison and a possible fine of $250,000. For all things Mississippi, visit supertalk.fm.
6: From the ground up, from the grassroots. That's how we began in 1922, and that's how we do things today.
0: Midday's with Gerard Gibbert. It is on on Super Talk Mississippi. Standing in the-
1: So, Rhino, a friend texted me and said that one advantage of listening to our show is we have better than average bumper music. (laughs) I was just thinking that. I was like, Rhino, this music is phenomenal. You (laughs) ought to to do this for a living, Rhino. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of which, uh, Mr. Hurst, we got some folks on the C Spire text line that... uh, Uh, Seem to be trying to coax you into running for mayor of the capital city of Jackson. (laughs) Uh, Well, that's very
13: kind of you all, but uh, I live in the uh, wonderful community of Sand Hill, Mississippi, rural Rankin County. Um, I don't have any neighbors anywhere near me, and I'm enjoying life in the country. So. Thank you, though.
1: But you, as you are, can still be effective, even not as the mayor. But we got to get somebody yeah. that will listen, though, Mike. That's the main most thing. Yeah, you know, I think we're on the – you know,
13: for so long our state has been divided among race. And I think we're at the point now that, especially with the crime issues, crime does not distinguish between race. Crime, as I told you, sitting in that, that, that kitchen table mm-hmm. with that grandmother, I mean – that could have been my grandmother. Sure, that could have been me. You know, at, I used to stay at my grandmother's a lot. Um, those grandmothers, those moms, those dads—they they just want their families to be safe, and it doesn't have anything to do with race. Crime shouldn't have anything to do with race or political affiliation. Absolutely, right? absolutely. And so, I, I think you know, I, I'm incredibly proud at how well our state has progressed over the years. I mean, we we do have a an ugly history, but at the same time. When 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 I go to South Jackson, I go to West Jackson, and I'm helping you know our friends in that community. I'm helping others in that community. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't feel like they they see race as much anymore. And I, don't, I sure, I know I don't see race like you know you know, growing up in in the 1970s and 80s. So to me, it's very hopeful because my kids don't see that either. My kids don't have that experience of what, you know, our grandparents, our great-grandparents went through. and, And that's a wonderful thing. Yes. That's a wonderful thing that, you know, just to give you an example, we were at the Shelby County Fair Friday night. I'm, excuse me, Sunday night, and they had a, a worship service Sunday night called United Worship. It was one God, one praise, one people. Okay. And it was it was Choctaws, it was African Americans, it was white, Hispanic. I mean, it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. It was, was kind of like, you know, what you were talking about earlier, the Pentecostal camps. Those meetings, I've been to those. It's it's incredible. and And I tell people, this is this is what heaven looks like, guys. Yes. This is what heaven looks like. We, we're all from the same blood. We're all created by the same creator. And that's and that's my hope for our state. I hope, I hope we continue to move in that direction where we all become one people and we've become one Mississippi.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I, I, I just feel like that we've broken through a lot of these, these past barriers and obstacles that uh, – st- Still, though, outsiders want to hang those around our sure. neck, don't they, and yeah, label us as that? And, and look, I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not saying there aren't racists.
13: There are racists, there are white racists, there are black racists, there's there's every racist you can think of, but at the end of the day, I think a supermajority of the people in this state love one another. I agree. And I think they want to live together, and I think they want to worship together, and I think they want to work together, and, and at the end of the day, I think our state is, is better for that. So
1: I, I totally agree, but we've got to... Uh, approach these issues with an open mind. Absolutely. Put our check our pride at the door. Absolutely. And be willing to to um, entertain uh, analysis and input and counsel from people who can help. That's right. And let's devise a solution, a workable solution we can all get behind, it and then go execute. And I mean, that's it's just simple. And, as
13: and that. again, I, I hate to keep going back to to my time as U.S. Attorney, but that was one of the that was why one of the four pillars of Project Eject was so important to me was the the public awareness piece. I, I did not want to dictate from the ivory, t- ivory towers of the federal courthouse here in Jackson how we were going to fix the crime problem. Rather, one One of the pillars was going out in the community, holding town halls, many of which were, frankly, just hijacked by political operatives. But at the same time, some of the best information, some of the best ideas, and I'm not just saying that, some of the best ideas that we used to change Project Eject came from individuals who were living in West Jackson and South Jackson, and living this experience. And otherwise, if we had not gone out there and listened, if we had not gone out there and solicited, if we had not done what we did in trying to raise awareness, you know, in, increase communication, be more transparent, we wouldn't have gotten better. And I don't think it would have been as successful. Sure. So we've got to do that. We've sure. got to do more of that.
1: Well, uh, hopefully, we'll um, start moving forward. You made a good point about. Uh, Councilman Stokes, though, yeah, when when he's speaking up like that, well, and, and so I, and I'll tell you, Gerard, I mean, this might I, I might get some criticism
13: from my Republican uh, friends, but Councilman Stokes was one of, the, of our biggest advocates when I was doing Project Eject. I yeah. mean, he would bring in uh, members from his uh, his ward or his 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 area, mm-hmm. and uh, we would meet with them. I, I never turned down a meeting with Councilman Stokes. I went on ride-alongs, sure, with, probably. Probably at the risk of my safety going on right-alongs with Councilman Stokes. But at the end of the day, he cared just as much about his people as I did about the two million people that I had responsibility for as U.S. attorney.
1: I completely agree with you on that. I've been to many, many city council meetings as a vendor right, uh, to the city. And, uh, and I've watched him in action, and he he's actually a very practical person. Right. He's a colorful character. I mean, I, I, I he's can politician, completely disagree
13: with his uh, previous statements years ago about <laughs> encouraging constituents to throw rocks and yeah. bottles and yeah. things at police officers. That is, I mean, that's, that's the most outlandish and just insightful. Nonsense um, that I've ever heard, and I completely disagree with that. But at the end of the day, he wants his constituents to be safe as well. He wants crime to be lower in that beat as well.
1: So. I agree. Let's pivot for a second yeah. here. This uh, this reversal of Roe v. Wade through the ruling handed down by the Supreme Court on the Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Care Clinic, of course. Hallelujah. Been, yeah, it's been a big, big deal here. Never thought I'd see that in my lifetime. I so. agree. Originated in the state. What's next uh, from a legal perspective that you can tell us about?
13: I think what's next is it will be in the states. I think uh, a lot of your listeners probably know this already, but the states will start to legislate on this. And you'll have states like California that pretty much abortion on demand if they want it. And you have states like Mississippi that I think, rightly so, we, we have respect for life, and right. whether that life is in the womb or outside the womb, we want to protect that life, and so um, really, I, I think it, it rights are wrong that the, the Roe decision from a legal standpoint, from a lawyer standpoint, I, even if you were in favor of abortion, and I am absolutely opposed to it, but even if you were in favor of it, but I, I don't think you could have justified or defended the Roe v. Wade original decision no just because it was it. so outside the mainstream of, of, of legal reasoning and legal justification. I mean, it was just made up. The justices just absolutely made up a right to abortion in the Constitution. And so, you know, Justice uh, Alito's decision is, when it comes to just re- legal reasoning and legal writing, it, it's just it's straight up. This is what the Constitution says, this is what it allows, and abortion is not a right. It's something that the, you know, founders intended. I think they really intended for the states to have more authority, to have more autonomy. For we as Republicans, we as conservatives believe that the best type of government is the government closest to us. And so we should be saying that, you know, the states should be legislating something like this. And so, um, again, I, I just uh, – many prayers personally to, to have this happen and and to just be able to be here, part of the state, the leadership of the state, um, and to see it happen. I, I'm very proud to be a Mississippian and, and to have a first first row um, uh, uh, watching this come down.
1: Yeah, it's an it, incredible deal. I'm with you. I never thought we would have seen it either. It uh, just kind of the stars aligned perfectly. Before you go yeah. – Adoption laws in the state of Mississippi need reform.
13: Yeah, I'm the. I don't know about adoption laws, so I'm the last person you need to ask about that. But from a practical standpoint, from a anecdotal standpoint, I have a lot of friends who've adopted. it needs to be easier. It needs to be uh, less. Ex- uh, it needs to be less expensive. Yep. Um, we need to make if we're going to outlaw abortion in the state, we need to give alternatives to women who don't want to have a baby. Sure, if they want to. If they have to have a baby now, we need to make sure that those individuals who want babies can adopt
1: easily, and those babies can be safe. And that's the point. Absolutely, we, we've got to cut the, some of the red tape out and, and make it more affordable. There are some tax credits available, but still, I'm hearing anecdotally. 30 40 grand to wow. go through an ab- adoption wow. process. Yeah,
13: that that's that's probably the anecdotal I here as well. And let me just get a shout out to our centers for pregnancy choices. I've been a, a donor and I've been a supporter of them for many many years and uh, I cannot tell you enough about the good things that they do. If if you haven't had an opportunity, especially the CPC here in Jackson, go to their website. Look at these videos they've they've made of these mothers that that, that have chosen to save their babies, and it, I, I'm I'm getting chills just talking about it here in the studio. But watch those videos. Uh, if you don't cry, you don't have a heart. Yeah, because these women talking about these young children now. That they chose to keep that baby—it's—it's just—it's breathtaking. It's yeah. really—it's really inspiring.
1: I agree. And while we were sitting here, I got a—I got a text a few minutes ago from the Center for Pregnancy Choices uh, locally. Great. I, I've been a monthly donor yep. to that organization, and and they've got a banquet coming up. They just
13: called. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, so. I encourage everyone to donate. We need to step up and help out these pregnant women. If we're gonna, you know, if we're gonna stick to our guns and we need to help others, this is what we need to be doing.
1: I totally agree, Mike. Always good to see. my friend. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for the invite. Mike Hurst, former U.S. attorney, has been our guest here on Middays. We'll take a break. Come right back. Dr. Randy Easterling, after the news break at 12.05, is going to call in and talk to us about monkey pops showing up in Mississippi. Stay with us. At
5: Batteries Plus... We do more than fix phones and tablets. We help our neighbors power their lives. Visit Batteries Plus in-store, curbside, and online to save $10 on Duracell Ultra car batteries. For offer details and limitations, visit BatteriesPlus.com. This hour of Middays with Gerard Gibbert is sponsored by Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland. For personalized in-office treatment for urinary incontinence, erectile dysfunction, and neuropathy, they help you get your life back.
7: I'm Denman Ferguson,
2: realtor with Four Corner Properties, serving Mississippi
7: and beyond. Whether you're looking to buy or sell a home or wanting a special family recreational hunting track, give me a call and I will assist you throughout the process from searching, listing to closing.
2: Call me, Denman, at 601-214-6433 or call the
7: office at 601-952-2828. Please call me with all your
1: real estate needs. Thank you.
16: This is the Midday Agri-Market Report. The USDA has announced its awarding more than $10 million in farm-to-school grants to 123 projects across the country. Additionally, for the first time, the Department is empowering states with $60 million in non-competitive grants to develop stronger and sustainable farm-to-school programs over the next four years. Both actions will help more kids nationwide to eat healthy, homegrown foods. Farm-to-school increases the amount of locally produced foods. Serve through child nutrition programs, while also educating children about how their foods are harvested and made. Various child nutrition operators can participate in Farm to School from states and tribal nations to schools and community organizations. The one hundred twenty-three projects funded by the fiscal year twenty twenty-two competitive grants will serve more than three million children and more than five thousand schools in forty-four states and the District of Columbia. I'm Dixon Williams. That's the Super Talk Mississippi Agri News Network.
1: MississippiAble.com.
20: Give your customers a whole home energy upgrade. The Propane Energy Pod Builder Incentive Program. What's the Propane Energy Pod? It's a total home energy upgrade that combines high-efficiency propane gas appliances to meet a home's major energy needs and delivers superior comfort and efficiency compared with all electric homes. Not only is it good for homeowners, it's good for builders, too. All propane homes, on average, are valued up to 5% higher than all electric homes. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com.
11: Reminding you to listen to the Ben Shapiro show weekday nights starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3 Super Talk Jackson.
0: You know what that means. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. We'll do it live on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Middays bumped into this segment by the Eagles. That tune, written, co written by Don Henley and Glenn Fry, of course. They combined to make a lot of good music, did they? And Mr. Henley, we announced a Friday Rhino, just celebrated his 75th birthday. Been doing it a while. Wow, that is incredible. That is incredible. We also just got uh, noticed that Tony Dow, who played the part of Wally on the famous 1950s Leave It to Beaver, has passed away at the age of 77. Tony Dow. Wow. That brings back some great memories. They don't make TV like that. You couldn't get a show like that commissioned, could you? Just a normal sort of family? What do you think?
2: Ah, uh, they've tried it, and it just never seems to, to get a whole
1: lot of traction. Oh, man. Why not? It's entertaining. I guess maybe it's each to his own, right, with respect to entertaining?
2: Well, I think part of that is the, the formula of reality TV seeping into everything, it seems. Yeah. I mean, if you look at even the modern sitcom, it's taken on bits and pieces of that reality TV show which I mean you can also give credit to shows like The Office yep. where it's a sitcom it's, a, it's scripted and it's meant to be a comedy most times but there's that kind of documentarian viewpoint of it instead of it just being a glimpse into the life of these people it's like the cameraman and the audience itself is a part of the story and it tends to drive more engagement, but it also tends to push away the simpler stories of something like a Leave it to Beaver. I think that's
1: right. Hmm. We, have we become more voyeuristic? I think you, that's fair to say. Oh, yeah. By a long shot. And it, to some extent, that's because we keep uh, normalizing abnormal stuff. And so the more we do that, it's like the more our senses seek more radical something more radical, right? It seems like where we are. It's I don't think that's good by the way. I I think there there's you can be inclusive, right? And not practice exclusion at the same time simultaneously showcasing, featuring just normalcy. What traditional normalcy Right? Those two can coexist, but that's not what you hear from the left. Uh, It reminds me of a report I saw early this morning. A school district now is enacting some sort of policy where if a child is considering having a, a sex change, the teachers, any adults in the school system, are not required to report it to the parents. I find that absurd. I also believe that there are certain teachers, and I'm not condemning the whole group here, of course, but there are certain who are going out of their way to persuade children to embrace the idea of changing their gender through affirmation surgery. That's happening. So-called grooming is what that's called. That's wrong, too.
2: It's like ah. you completely lost the plot of what it means to be a tomboy.
1: Yeah. What happened to that? Oh, tomboy. Well, you got to change your sex. You were obviously born in the wrong body. Oh, my gosh. So ridiculous, isn't it? Trey in Grenada says, just heard you, uh, Gerard, just heard you say you attended the UPCI. That would be the United Pentecostal Church camp meeting service. On Friday night, I was unable to make it due to working says I've been a member in Grenada of uh, Bishop David Tipton's church in Grenada. Son Damon Tipton is our pastor. I uh, appreciate you letting me know that, Trey. Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, again, you know, we're so blessed in this country to have the the right to worship as we see please, uh, as we as we are pleased to do, and um, as we see fit, and um, the. Attending that service was uh, inspirational, it was energetic, but mostly, I'll tell you folks, this is indisputable. The people in the Pentecostal community love this country. They love capitalism, they love this state, their respective church communities, and their entire surrounding community, and they want and they believe that churches can be a difference-maker and be a factor in solving societal problems. I'm with them. I agree with that as well. And that's what the entire service, honestly, was all about. So God bless them, and hats off to them. We'll take a break. we got Randy Easterling coming up next.
18: News. I'm Lillian Wu. Former President Trump is expected to make an appearance in D.C. Today, his first public return to the nation's capital since leaving office. Earlier, former Vice President Trump spoke to a conservative group saying he's proud of what the Trump administration has accomplished.
6: He told the Young America's Foundation here in Washington, he does not know if he differs on issues with former President Trump.
1: But we may differ on focus. I, I truly do believe that elections are about the future
6: pence is thought to be considering a run for president in 2024 in a field that could also include former president trump fox's
18: jared halpern and the mega millions drawing tonight has a lot of people daydreaming the jackpot an estimated 810 million dollars the third largest jackpot in the history of the mega millions lottery fox's jill nato america's listening
6: to fox news Tune in this Saturday morning from 8 till 10 for Weekend Gardening, where garden mama Nellie Neal will tackle all your gardening questions. Weekend Gardening, brought to you in part by The Tractor Store, your local Mahindra dealer, The Tractor Store, Highway 49 South in Richland.
12: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Our state has its first case of monkeypox, which was identified Monday afternoon. A state health department is looking into who may have come into contact with that individual while they were infectious. The World Health Organization director says the outbreak has officially been declared a global emergency, reaching over 70 countries and 45
16: states. We have an outbreak that has spread around the world rapidly through new modes of transmission about which we understand too little and which meets the criteria in the international health regulations.
12: There are now close to 3,500 cases in the U.S., and Dr. Ashish Jha says the U.S. will be rolling out vaccines in the near future. FDA is
17: working quickly to finalize the approval of nearly 800,000 additional doses, and we are getting ready to ship these doses to jurisdictions once FDA has finally approved them.
19: Hello,
15: I'm Colonel Randy Gann, director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi River. Roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal: to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe.
6: I think the teacher's asleep. Looks like he's dreaming.
3: Man, I
11: can't wait to hang up my team mascot. <laughs> I think he's having a nightmare. No, this is just part of his lesson plan.
6: He's trying to show us that calling Mississippi 811 before you dig is so easy, you can do it with your eyes closed. Call 811 two
8: days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries.
12: The jackpot for tonight's Mega Millions drawing has jumped to 830 million and growing, with folks across the country rushing out to buy tickets. That includes the CEO of Raisin Canes, who bought 50,000 lottery tickets for employees. A.J. Kumaran told Fox & Friends this morning if someone there wins, they'll split the money.
6: It was not not all a joke. Uh, You know, things are hot out there. You know, people are seeing it in their grocery shelves and their gas stations, all of it.
12: Now that the 2022 MLB draft has passed, D1 Baseball is looking ahead to the 2023 draft with the list of its top 30 prospects. Ole Miss shortstop Jacob Gonzalez ranks as the number three player. He finished the 2022 season with a 273 batting average, 18 home runs, and 50 The shortstop was also a featured member of Team USA, which won a bronze medal earlier in July.
14: If
20: you're looking for strong, reliable construction equipment for sale or rent in Mississippi, then contact Taylor Construction Equipment. As your number one source for Bell-articulated dump trucks and track carriers, as well as Hyundai hydraulic excavators, mini excavators, and wheel loaders, you can depend on Taylor to provide you with the best construction equipment backed by the best 24-7 sudden service experience. Call us at 833-773-3421 or taylorconstructionequipment.com.
8: The folks in the capital city metro area love to have you join me tomorrow morning 6 till 9 gallo show we'll start your day the informed way super talk mississippi
0: 97.3
8: and now, and now.
0: another hour of the talk that keeps mississippi talking middays with gerard gibbert
9: begin your transition now
0: now on super talk mississippi
1: Welcome back everyone to midday's rocking into the afternoon portion of the program in the Element Wealth Studios. Doctor Randy Easterling, family care physician, is our guest on midday's. Doctor Easterling, good to see you, sir. Good to see you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So we uh, we got the news, I guess, yesterday that the first case of monkeypox has been identified and recorded in the state of Mississippi. What, what does that mean to us? Do you think there are other cases out there as a result?
15: Of course, if you track back about two and a half years ago when we identified our first case of COVID, within a, a matter of days, we had 10, 20, 30, 40, however many. Now, hopefully we don't have that many uh, monkeypox in Mississippi, but I can guarantee if you've isolated one, there's a number of cases out there.
1: Yeah, so the the uh, reports are that this is a, a highly transmissible condition uh, condition. what should we do
15: yeah and let me well let me just kind of walk through this if you don't mind uh, monkeypox was first discovered in 1958 it was isolated in humans in 1970 hmm. and the first cases in the United States were about 2003 so it's only been in the United States about 19 years and there were some animals shipped over, I believe, from West Africa in 2003, and that's that's how it kind of caught on in the United States. So there's something we've got to be mindful of, something we've got to be uh, keep our guard up, just like we have with COVID. Hopefully, we've got two and a half years of experience under our belt, and we've learned some things about transmitting viruses that are going to help us deal with this.
1: Hmm. So what about, the, is, is it possible that a person could contract monkeypox and COVID simultaneously?
15: Uh, yes, I would think that's possible. Now, understand, I'm not an expert on monkeypox, but I don't think there's anybody in the state that is. There's yeah. Some people probably at the medical center and the health firm know more about it than I, I do, but probably no Practicing physician, I would think in Mississippi has seen a case. There's probably some at the medical center that have had, that have done tropical medicine things like that. But Mm -hmm. I conceivably, I guess you could have both at the same time. Uh, Monkeypox is kind of in the family of smallpox. Um, there is there's some clear differentiations, of course, than between monkeypox and smallpox. The main thing being that in uh, in monkeypox you get what's called lymphadenopathy. You get these large lymph nodes in your in your cervical area and also in your uh, a- axilla under your arms. And also you have fever and malaise and. Uh, and then, then you develop this rash, which is pretty characteristic of the monkeypox, and mm-hmm. then that, and it goes into the palms of your hands and the soles of your feet, and so forth. So, it, it, there is some 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 obvious differences.
1: What uh, what sort of treatments are available?
15: Well, the treatments are mostly supportive, uh, to my knowledge. Now, you there is a vaccine that's out excuse me, it's very scarce in Mississippi so far. I think I read last night that there were 300,000 cases that uh, of, I mean, 300,000 vaccines that the United States owns that's been held in Denmark for some reason, and I think they're being shipped over. But if someone who's at high risk, someone who's immunocompromised, for example, or maybe elder and have some serious medical problems is exposed to monkeypox, then you can get the vaccine And it will not necessarily prevent you from getting monkeypox, but it'll be like kind of like the COVID vaccine. It will make the illness much less severe. So but again, the vaccines in Mississippi are very limited at this point.
1: So are you hearing that uh, there may be some ramping up of production of the vaccine to make it more accessible?
15: I would hope so, and I think I think the federal government is certainly looking into that. Again, those three hundred thousand dosages are, uh, are are belong to the United States and should be being shipped over sure. here. As of this morning, we had three three thousand four hundred eighty seven cases of monkeypox in the United States. Now that's as of this morning. By the end of the day today, it'll be easily four thousand, if not. Even higher than that, so we'll just have to watch it and see how it grows. Mm.
1: Is uh, so? How severe could it get, Doctor Easterling? Could put, put you in, put you in the hospital? Uh, could it result in death?
15: Well, sure. It, it's unlikely that you die from monkeypox, from what I've read, but it has certainly happened. Uh, I don't think there's any recorded deaths in the United States that I'm aware of, and but he's only been in the United States nineteen years. Yeah. Um, most cases, it is highly transmittable. It's transmitted by, um, by body to body contact primarily, and it's uh, the LGBT community as where it's kind of got ramped up initially. But any contact with someone who has monkeypox, in terms of body secretions, hugging, kissing, having close relationship, being in someone's face, even breathing their, uh, <clears throat> you know, their uh, in in the air, you can contract it that way. Hmm. Uh, but once you get it, you go through a period of two to three, two to four weeks of where you're sick and you have, again, fever and malaise and rash and so forth. But it's unlikely that you're going to die from it, but you can
1: Wow. And, and so uh, what about being hospitalized? Is that Something that it could come to as well. I guess it depends on how severe the case it, it, is, right?
15: Yeah, it, it could come to that, and it, and just like with COVID again, because the, these, this is again a virus. It depends on how sick you are when you get it. Yeah. The older you are, the more debilitated you are, the more immunocompromised you are. Then, uh, then those are the people that are going to be at higher risk. And I'm making an assumption also: the younger you are, yeah. would be uh, would would put you at higher risk too.
1: Yeah. So, some reports I've read, Doctor Easterling, you, you mentioned the risk in the LGBTQ community is that most of the cases are found among um, among male gay men.
15: Yeah, that, and we started referring to that from a, a public health standpoint as men who have sex with men, and uh, and that's where it at least at this point is more commonly found in the uh, in the LGBTQ community.
9: Uh-huh.
15: Um, so, but you know, uh, hopefully we'll get our arms around this thing, and people will act responsibly. That's the key to this, to, to managing any public health crisis. Is people need to act responsibly, and I just hope to God that we've learned something the last two and a half years. I know I'm repeating myself from COVID, but you know, if you're gonna, if you're around someone that has a rash, and you have to be wear a mask. Try not to be. Certainly, don't touch the lesions. Uh, more importantly, don't be around them if, if, unless you just absolutely have to. Yeah. Um, and, and then and then pay attention to your own body. If you start running a fever and you feel weak and tired and cough and congestion, and so on and so forth, and then certainly if you break out in a rash and get lymphadenopathy, you need to see your physician right away.
1: What about quarantining and isolating if, if one, say, detects these symptoms and feels like they got it? Is sure. it first, is there a test for it? Uh, is that widely yeah,
15: available? You, you <clears throat> well, I don't know how widely available it is, but you swab the lesion. Oh, okay. And then my assumption is that was sent off to the CDC. Now, there are some, well, I mean, we have an excellent health department, and they do some tests here that a lot of other health departments don't do. So that that test may be available here in Jackson but I don't know that for sure but even if you swap, the that they overnighted to the CDC in Atlanta and they yeah. would run that test there so it's not like it's a big delay so what about quarantining isolation oh yeah oh yeah sure and I mean you would want to do that with you'd want to do that with the flu you'd want to do that with chickenpox you'd want certainly want to do that with covid and you'd do it with uh, monkeypox too is if there you, a standard if on you suspect
1: I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Just wondering if there's a standard uh, isolation or quarantine period, and the CDC issued uh, fairly definitive guidelines on that, of course, with respect to COVID, and those evolved through the COVID uh, pandemic. What about monkeypox in terms of the, the length of time?
15: Well, right now, again, the incubation period can be from one to two weeks, and you're not infectious then. But when you start having fever, malaise, and you start having headache and weakness, that's prodromal phase. At that point, you are infectious. So you should certainly be isolated then. Then you get the adenopathy, you get the rash, which may last another week or so. But once that rash scabs over... Once all the all, all the uh, lesions have scabbed over, then your your um, ability to shed the virus goes down drastically. Huh. Now the the rash is interesting. And uh, I've seen pictures of it, never seen it on a person, but it tends to be more peripheral. In other words, it's more on your legs and your hands and your face than it is in the central part of your body. And that doesn't mean you can't have some on the central part, but it's more centrifugal, what we call it. In other words, it's, in, it's on the arms, legs, face, and not so much on the trunk.
1: It, does it have to manifest to the point, Dr. Easterling, where the rashes are visible before one can spread it to someone else?
15: Well, once you start the prodromal phase, which is fever, malaise, weakness, all that, then you are infectious at okay. that point. Then you get the rash. The rash comes after the fever.
1: I got you. Dr. Easterling, appreciate you coming on and giving us that uh, interesting overview. Thank you, sir.
15: Thank you very much and have a good day. You
1: too. Middays, we'll take a break right here. We'll come right back. No, uh, more to talk about in the Element Wealth Studio. Stay with us. It's
6: You have the
7: constitutional right to have and carry a firearm. If you can't use it safely, confidently, and effectively to defend yourself and your family, it does you absolutely no good. We have classes daily to teach you and your family how to improve your shooting skills, whether you are a beginner or a grandmaster. If you aren't fully satisfied with the training, we will refund your entire fee. Thanks, and we look forward to seeing you at Boondocks. Look us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and visit us at boondocksfta.com. This hour of middays with Gerard Gibbert is sponsored by Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland
5: for personalized in-office treatment for urinary incontinence, erectile dysfunction, and neuropathy. They help you get your life back.
1: Southern
7: Ag Credit has been financing life outside the city limits for over a century. Whether it's helping families own land they can grow with or farmers manage the land they grow on, We specialize in financing life outdoors. Let us finance your rural dream. Southern Ag Credit is the presenting sponsor of the Mississippi Ag and Outdoor Expo. August 5th through the 7th at the Mississippi Trademark.
4: deli serving giant sandwiches award-winning rib plates and original recipe catfish with a family friendly atmosphere open 10 30 a.m to 8 p.m monday through friday Risco deli we have something for everyone located just off pearson road on phillips lane in pearl come see us
8: Follow here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning 6 to 9 breaking news quick shots analysis all right here on Super Talk jackson 97.3
0: Okay, Is everybody ready? I'm ready. Ready here. Middays with Gerard Gibbard on Super Talk Mississippi.
7: My daddy spent his life looking up at the sky. He cussed, kicked the dust, saying, sun it's way too dry. The clouds up in the city, the weatherman complains.
9: But where are
15: Makes
1: my well, that would be the unmistakable of vocals of Luke Bryant. here on Middays from the Element Well Studios. We'll While we were sitting here, the European Union has agreed to ration natural gas this winter because of the uh, supply problems from Russia. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so... Looks like there's a little leeway in it, and it's a voluntary target. There's a voluntary target as well to reduce gas usage by 15% between August and March 23rd. Uh, Excuse me, pardon me, 2023. The reduction is measured against, uh, is how they do it, each country's average during the same months over the previous five years, is what they're calling for. So. Hmm. They uh, the plan by the way that the EU commissioned that includes this 15% reduction target it is entitled Save Gas for a Safe Winter. So there you go. Anyhow that's um, seems to be figuring into all the other economic news we got coming out right. And we got a lot of it by the but don't way. Don't call it a recession. No, it's not a recession. It's a transition to a period of less economic activity. Is that what you call it? Uh, yeah. In which growth is slowing. Okay, thank you, there, Janet. Uh, we already talked about the earnings reports that we're ex- expecting this week. The Wall Street Journal, by the way, they must have been listening to the show, Rhino, because they wrote an opinion yesterday. We were on it first. It's what to do with this economic malaise that we are in. This is what they say. See if this doesn't sound familiar. Take all tax increases and more government entitlements off the table. Put a moratorium on new regulations and declare an end to the White House war on fossil fuels. Where else have they been saying this? Reduce tariffs and cut trade deals with Britain, Japan, and others in the Asia-Pacific that want the U.S. as a trading alternative to China. Absolutely! Spot on! Make the Trump tax cuts permanent! I'm telling you, we're falling off a dang cliff in a few years when those things are set to expire. uh, The Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, and uh, even... It's a ten, 10-year it's ten bill, but there are provisions that start to phase out prior to that, which 10 years would mean at the end of 26. But we've got the immediate expensing provision that corporations and businesses utilize for immediate uh, reduction of their income against taxes, on which the taxes are computed. That is set to expire, and when that does, I I say it's an economic cliff. I really do. And nobody's talking about it, but it's right around the corner. Of course, you know they're going to kick it down the road for political purposes. That's the bottom line on that deal. But, um, yeah. By the way, that's the next paragraph I just looked up. It says, then make permanent the tax cuts, the 2017 re- reform that expires early as 25. They're listening to us, gummit. No, seriously. This is ain't that hard. This is not that hard. Lower taxes, less regulation, less government. The war on fossil fuels, I think they underestimate the rhetoric. I really do. When the... The folks in charge are saying, we're putting you out of business. And you got all these goofy climate activists with all these protests. You see they're still gluing themselves to the paintings. And getting... that's really driving the, the needle. <laughs> so dumb. But in the meantime, the Biden administration is getting closer to forgiving student debt. They're all over this, and they just won't let this go. Won't let it go. Now, I agree. The cost of college and the and the system in general, it's broke. It needs to be fixed. It needs to be reformed. It's government that broke it. That's the bottom line there. Government, government broke
2: subsidies are the reason the increase in price to attend university is outstripping inflation three to one. No doubt about it. And that's not recent. It's been happening since the 70s. Yep. It just continues
1: to go up. Yep. Charlie Kirk wrote a book recently where he's basically telling people, you're not really making a wise investment anymore to go to college. It's amazing. So I didn't realize this. 40% of the people that start, enroll, never finish. That's correct. 40%. But even if you don't finish, you still got debt. Oh, yeah. You still got to pay those loans back. Don't have anything to show They don't show magically for
2: go away just because right. you didn't get that really expensive piece of paper with your name written all pretty on it.
1: Which is grossly overrated. Even employers know that now. Grossly overrated.
2: Especially when you can, in high school, gain certification, and then as soon as you graduate, get your foot in the door for a six-figure job with IT or networking yep. or Engineering. Yep. No doubt. And you I, you go, wait, engineering? you got to go to college for that.
1: Nope. Mm, not in some situations. Talked about it before. Had a ton of people in my company. Highly compensated individual. Extremely valuable members of the team. Extremely bright. No college. But they had those dead gum certifications, and they worked their rears off of that. Now, that ain't cheap either. No. But when they end, when they finish, they got something that is marketable.
2: But also, you look at some of the more expensive courses that they put around some of those certifications. That you, you don't, you're not required to take the course, but it, it'll help you pass. That's right. Prep but courses. even that, even the most expensive prep courses. You're looking at six, seven, on the upper end, ten, eleven, twelve thousand dollars that you're investing in your future. That's a year. Yes. At a university, in some instances, absolutely. One right. single
1: year. Absolutely right. I, I, you That's know,
2: knocking out the core curriculum.
1: That's taking the same classes you took the last year of high school all over again. Instead of, in the case of what you're talking about, I know, because I spend a ton of money on it every year to keep our folks' um, education current, often the manufacturers in the technology industry, they introduce brand new uh, technology, brand new systems, brand new wares you got to go get certified on all that stuff. Let's oh, yeah. not go to a day. That's like go for weeks sometimes. And it is expensive. And the most expensive part is they're not working. They're not generating income for you. But that's the investment and the price you pay. We happily paid it. But Even if you get out of the tech sector and get into,
2: quote-unquote, manual labor, if it's skilled labor, there's a vacuum in the marketplace for that – there's a need for warm bodies. yes, for people to at least attempt to learn the skills and apply them. and you can get paid a premium starting out. Uh, absolutely right. We need plumbers, we
1: need electricians. We need people that can do what seemingly nobody wants to do. No doubt about it. You know we've, um, we've had folks on the show. Talk about it for my my representative Representative Jim uh, Jill Ford, her sons in the plumbing business, she she shared that they did a video, on it um, that was that was published. Can't remember the name of the organization America's Plumbers or something like that. It was excellent, but it's, that's that's a a great example. So and you know this even those trades they've become quite technical uh, these days to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, and so there's there's more to it, and it's it's evolved. It's evolved in a positive way, but uh, there there are fast track methods now that allow you to focus just on that, and what prepares you for those those jobs as opposed to going off to college for a long time. It's not for everybody. It's just really pointing out their options, their alternatives, and it does seem like that. I've said this for years that I think that we're moving towards a period where the, the traditional linear degree is going to give way ultimately to what we're talking about here, which are these more focused certifications and, and focused curriculum to prepare you for a particular... you're ready to go right when you graduate from that. But it's compacted, and it's not go for an hour three times a week, it's go for eight hours every day for several weeks sometimes, and uh, you get a water hose of information, but you are ready to go when you're done with that, that's a way better investment in many cases. That's where it's headed, and I believe the university and the college community is going to have to respond and start making some adjustments. They know it. They're already talking about it. The only thing that saved them is the government to this point. They haven't had to go out and compete in an open market. When are we going to replenish the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, asks Thomas. There's been no talk of that, honestly, whatsoever. We'll step aside on a middays for a break. we got half an hour left in the program and uh, more to talk about. Stay with us.
3: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. A 20% chance of showers, mostly sunny, high near 94. Tonight, partly cloudy, low around 75. Your Wednesday rolls in with a 20% chance of showers, sunny skies, high near 95. And a look to Thursday, a 30% chance of showers, sunny skies, high near 94. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha Outboard dealer in Brandon.
10: This is Brent Callaway. Since 1954, Callaways has been family-owned and operated. Located in Bloodstadt, south of Germantown, High, Callaways has an outstanding selection of your favorite trees, shrubs, color plants, and bagged and bulk soils. Everything for your outdoor living. Large shipments of outdoor patio furniture have arrived. Callaway's showroom and warehouse are full. Did you know Callaway's has beautiful decorative accessories and gift items for your indoors and outdoors? Callaway's has bulk soils for pickup and local delivery. Callaway's landscape designers Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle can design and install your landscape. Callaway's Glutstadt on Calhoun Station Parkway, south of German Town High. Everything
9: for home and garden. That's what Callaway's is
8: Ben Nelson Golf & Outdoor is now offering easy-go units with maintenance-free elite lithium batteries and an unprecedented 8-year warranty with unbeatable energy efficiency. Only at Ben Nelson Golf & Outdoor. Exit 114 in Glykstead or online at binnelson.com.
12: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Our state has its first case of monkeypox, which was identified Monday afternoon. A state health department is looking into who may have come into contact with that individual while they were infectious. The World Health Organization director says the outbreak has officially been declared a global emergency, reaching over 70 countries and
16: 45 states. We have an outbreak that has spread around the world rapidly through new modes of transmission about which we understand too little and which meets the criteria in the international health regulations.
12: There are now close to 3,500 cases in the U.S., and Dr. Ashish Jha says the U.S. will be rolling out vaccines in the near future. FDA
17: is working quickly to finalize the approval of nearly 800,000 additional doses, and we are getting ready to ship these doses to jurisdictions once FDA has finally approved them.
0: Come on. Come on. Middays with Gerard Gibbert.
15: All right, we
0: are back. On Super Talk, Mississippi. <laughs>
1: back in the Element Wealth Studios, Super Talk Mississippi. But tomorrow we're going to be at the Neshoba County Fair. And also, don't forget, starting next Wednesday, August the 3rd, Thunder and Lightning Live with Brian Haydad across the entire Super Talk Mississippi network and on Super Talk The wildly successful Thunder and Lightning show gives you the best coverage of the Mississippi State Bulldogs and will air Wednesday nights from 6 to 7 p.m. beginning next Wednesday, August the 3rd. Of course, you'll still be able to get daily Thunder and Lightning episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. So. Looking forward to that. Congratulations to Brian on his uh, new gig there, his new show. He's not leaving Sports Talk. He's just got that going as well. Oh, yeah, just adding to it. Yeah, very good. So, Bo in Indianola uh, says, I'm Pentecostal and truly believe what's wrong with our countries. We've turned away from the church. And, uh, you know, I'll take it even further than that, Bo. I think what's wrong... With the country, and, and what certainly is a major factor contributing to our our social um, calamity is um, so societal, I should say, not social, is lack of family structure. There's just been a, a diminished, um, I guess, family structure, and we we no longer view it. Again, see, this is the deal, Rhino. That used to be normal. There's a gazillion deviations from that now, of what is normal. Now, again, we're generalizing here. Now, that's not to say that a child raised in um, an environment, in a home, that's not consistent with what one would consider, leave it to beaver, traditional, can't thrive and succeed in life. Absolutely. Happens all the time. Gazillions of examples. But statistically, they're not as uh, probable to succeed without some structure. And children want structure. They just do. They yearn for it. And, And to be honest with you, it ain't just children. Even adults, studies have shown to some extent, there's something that attracts us to structure, to order, let's put it that way. We don't like chaos. Some people thrive on that, but very few do. Most of us need some sort of structure and organization. There's nothing wrong with that, um, but gosh, we we, we no longer So we're talking about the Army last week, right? I mean, the difference in the 1980s ad and the present day ad. And then they wonder, why can't we get anybody to sign up? Well, because it doesn't look very attractive, the way they portray it in these goofy ads. Now, the one we we talked about from the 80s, that kind of would attract a lot of people. Hey, jump out of airplanes with a parachute at 7 o'clock in the morning. Sit down with your buddies after a successful jump and have breakfast out in the field. Yeah, I think that attracts a lot of people. And by the way, you're doing all this in service to your country to prepare for what you hope never happens, which is go to war. But in doing so, you're deterring war. That's the way it works. Ain't hard to figure out. Anyhow, I know I'm ranting on that, but appreciate your, your thoughts on that, Bo. I, I agree. We need more uh, we need more God in our life. We need we need more action and, and lives lived consistent with those principles, godly principles. Totally agree. But I still say it's gotta start at the home. I mean, a child is not likely to get involved in a church setting, for example, or a church community. Unless that is being um, promoted from within the home, some somebody is 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 uh, escorting them into that into that world, into that community, because that's how they grew up, and that those values get passed on. That's, gosh, I'm pretty sure that's what made the country great. And you you learn right from wrong. Mike Hurst made a great. Um, a great comment about that. It's hope. You're a whole lot more likely to have hope when you come from those structured environments, when you're not worried about bullets flying around, where you're going to eat, and just staying alive. You can't thrive like that. You can't produce like that. You can't focus. It's Maslow's hierarchy. You're just worried about staying alive and eating. How do you ever get to the self-actualization level on the hierarchy? You can't. It's hard to ascend to that if you're consumed with, gosh, am I going to be able to dodge the bullets and the risks to my very life and that of my family. And, and I, I think the breakdown of the family, the dissolution of it, has been a major factor in contributing to our societal woes, no doubt about it. Hmm. So, uh, Jerry in Waynesboro says, interesting fact, did you know the Blue Angels use north of three million gallons of fuel a year? I had no idea. No, I didn't know that. But that makes sense. No no doubt.
2: Yeah, you don't get that good just by going up once or twice. It takes a lot of practice.
1: A whole bunch. I totally agree. Um, isn't? Total school loan debt, $3.2 trillion. We were talking about this is from William in Greenville. Uh, before we went to break, I just mentioned that that's back on the table. The Democrats are looking for some wins in advance of the midterms. They really haven't had any legislative wins. In fact, virtually nothing except the uh, initial $1.9, $1.9 trillion American Rescue plan which passed in March a couple of months after Joe Biden was inaugurated and then on a bipartisan basis unfortunately we got this 1.2 trillion dollar infrastructure bill and already we've shared that on the show before uh, those in the trenches on that to actually execute on uh, the infrastructure construction and and uh, commissioning the various projects are saying, you know, with inflation, this ain't enough money. <laughs> so it's all—it's already being poo-pooed on. It ain't even started. Honestly. It's a boondoggle anyhow, I think. That's the one that's got the half a million dollar, half a million charging stations in it and all that stuff. But no, the st- total loan debt is not $3.2 trillion, William. It's $1.7 trillion. Now, look. Okay, $1.7, dollars Still trillions. When you start talking trillions... You get sort of glossed over; <laughs> doesn't really mean a lot, but it's 1.7 trillion. Are they going to refund what you paid? William also asked. Negative. I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect that to happen. Uh, I would not hold my breath.
2: <clears throat> but my prediction for the student loan situation is: you have the the repayment pause ending August 31st. So, unless something changes between now and then, you would have to start your repayment of student loans September 1, and the interest starts accruing again and all that. Right. I don't see them getting enough traction to get student loan forgiveness done before the midterms. But they're working on. The administration can unilaterally push back that repayment date again, and that would give them kind of a win leading up to the midterms, but not as big a win for them as the student loan forgiveness would be. So that's that's my prediction. Yeah. I think you're gonna see in the coming weeks pushing that date back again. But therein lies the rub. They don't want to admit that we're headed into a recession. That's that we're right. already there. Yeah. They don't want to talk about the economic woes faced by everyday Americans, but they're gonna use that as the reasoning behind pushing the date back.
1: That could be. That's plausible theory. Absolutely. It's not a recession. It's, it's a transition in which growth is slowing, dead gum. I mean, get that through your head.
2: And because of that, we're going to give you till December to pay back your student loans. Vote
1: for us. It's not pregnant women. It's birthing people. People with vaginas, right? Unbelievable. I don't know if we have time right now, but uh, Corey Bush, Representative Corey Bush, was asked... Yesterday, by a reporter, whether or not she would, uh, she's from the great state of Missouri, support a member of the squad, Joe Biden running for re-election. She she was a little iffy on it, shall we say. We'll get it when we come back after the break. And also, by the way, even the Washington Compost is souring on the prospect of Joe running for re-election. But the Wall Street Journal... The conservative outfit is calling for Donald Trump not to run for re-election. It's Wow, it can't get any more interesting than that. We'll take a break right here. Journey bumping us out of this segment. We'll be right back.
19: Hello, Mississippi. This is Dr. Gary Jones, CEO of Vantage Health Plan. Back in 1994, I started Vantage with a group of local doctors who believe that patient health, your health, is our top priority. That's why Vantage makes it easy for you to get the care you need with quality, affordable health insurance that puts you first. I know it's not what you usually expect from a health plan, but now you can.
4: Visit VantageHealthPlan.com for more information. Vantage Health Plan, the freedom to live a healthy life. If you're
18: tired of looking at your tired old bath, Bath Fitter is offering their best savings of the year. $600 off or 36 months financing at 0% interest with every new complete bath system. You've been thinking about doing it and Bath Fitter wants to help make it happen with a $600 off or 36 months financing with no interest. Every Bath Fitter bath is designed to fit your life and now with unbelievable savings. It fits your wallet too. It's their biggest savings of the year so don't miss it. Bath Fitter, it just fits. Some conditions apply. Visit bathfitter.com savings to get
2: started. Hunting and timberland are some of the most highly valued and sought after real estate available. Hi, I'm Mike Odom, realtor and land specialist with Four Corner Properties, and from every corner of the state, 4CP is your total real estate solution. Whether you're in the market for an investment track, a weekend getaway for the family, or you want to buy or sell a home, I'm here to help. Call me today on my cell at 601-927-5018 or 601-952-2828, or visit our website, 4CPLandonHomes.com
20: to be safe around electricity here are a few things to be aware of electricity from power lines can jump to nearby objects like ladders so stay at least 10 feet away there are wires behind walls so use a cable detector before you drill many electrical lines are underground call 811 to locate them before you dig think safety first and for more safety tips visit beawareeverywhere.com brought to you by yazoo valley electric and cooperative energy
1: Final segment. Thank you so much for joining us again. We're going to be at the Neshoba County Fair tomorrow. A recent report suggests that 32% of baby boomers plan to keep working, even when they're on Social Security. And uh, this is from the Tax Foundation. And 42% 42 of uh, people, working people now say that they're going to tap their retirement benefits early. Yeah, I just think that is an indicator of how recession, uh, not recession, excuse me, inflation, inflation is uh, robbing everyone's uh, paycheck. Speaking of inflation, the President, of course, says he can't do anything about it. His White House spokespeople from an economic perspective, and the press secretary says, you know, the president can't do anything about it, yet he's taking victory laps because the price of gas goes down 50 cents. So you either can or you can't. Doesn't I really mean, make any the, sense.
2: The U.S. taxpayers fund a calligrapher for the White House to make stuff look pretty when they write it. <laughs> do they
1: employ a <laughs> proofreader? There was a little bit of a Problem, a misspelled word, right? <laughs> How does that go out? I mean, you're the president. Does it only go through one set of eyes? You explain it to the folks.
2: So they tweeted out the little
1: infographic,
2: I believe it was yesterday or two days ago now, from the official, I think it was the official White House account. It was. And it had a little infographic showing that a family driving one car would save $35 a week because the price of gas is down from its peak, but if you look closely, when they tried to use the word "person," they forgot the "r," so
1: it's "pesons." And it's it was a dumb tweet anyhow. Thirty-five dollars less per month for one peason, or seventy dollars less per month for a family with two cars.
2: That's what when I read it the first time. I was like, "Wait a second, pesos." <laughs>
1: So, uh, the Washington Post opinion writer Stephen L. Eisenberg, he pens a piece published on uh, Sunday. And this is the title of it. Quit, Joe, quit. Biden could save the midterms with a one-term pledge. It goes further than that. You got Cory Bush there for us? Representative Cory Bush from the great state of Missouri? Do you want to see Joe Biden run for
3: a second term? She's going to go. Yeah, I, you know... That, that's an easy question. It's not going to take long. Do you want to see Joe I, Biden run? I don't run? want to answer that question because we have not... That's not... Yeah, I don't want to answer that question.
12: Okay. Um, I mean, he's the president and he has the right to to run for a second term. Absolutely. that's But, the right but I don't want to... Sure. I don't want... I'd rather you not... Do that answer. So you got like
3: two minutes to be in the car. Yeah, all
1: no, right. I got to get to the. Well, thanks very much. Other. Oh, yeah, I got to go. I, I don't want to answer that question. In other words, hell no. That's what she's saying right there. Is there any doubt whatsoever? So the conundrum is the far, far, far left, you can't even say far left because they're all far left now. But the far, far, far left of the party, they're a no. And the so called moderates, which are now far left, they're a no. Who's left? So now, the odds makers, the prognosticators, they're opining that it's going to be Governor Gavin Newsom of the great state of California. That's who... Because he's done so well. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He got some explaining to do about his own state, does he not?
2: What? And there's a shortage of U-Hauls from people trying to leave the state. (laughs) You've done something wrong.
1: Uh, You gotta believe that he will have more fodder in his uh, his repertoire to attack. So, in the meantime,
2: how do you run a guy for president that had a at least sizable chance of getting recalled? That's true. It didn't happen, but it, I mean, it got to the point where it was getting scary for him, and they started pumping money
1: into it. Yeah, very true. In the meantime. Today, this afternoon, former President Donald Trump will be back in D.C. By the way, first time he's been back in D.C. since he left office. He's making a speech at the America First Policy Institute. They have a two-day summit. There are some who have speculated he may announce his candidacy for the White House in 2024 today during the speech. I'm in the camp that says no. No. Uh, He's got to have kind of that indelible escalator image, remember that? That's what he's looking for. I don't think it's going to be at 2 o'clock in the afternoon at a policy summit speech. I just don't see it. I think you're going to see something much more extravagant as the setting for him to announce if and when he does announce. But I didn't get to it today, but tomorrow uh, when we have a a, a segment without a guest, i got to share a story that is directly from a teacher in a blue state, in a blue school district, a Democrat teacher. Touched on it a bit, but more details on that. You'll want to hear it. In the meantime, we're out of here today. We're going to be at the Neshoba County Fair tomorrow. Join us then. Stay safe. God bless everyone.